and welcome to Dice in a Slice, the only D&D 5e podcast powered by baked goods. My name is Joshua Gould. I am your dungeon master. I am currently joined by a slice of coffee cake and a cup of Lady Grey. Hi, I'm Alicia. I am playing Tala. She is a Triton Barbarian. Uh, my slice of choice today is a slice of cherry cake and I've gone with a nice glass of rosé. Hi, my name's Jazz. I am eating a really cheap sort of chocolate chip brownie and a cup of builder's breakfast tea. And hi, I'm Alice. I am eating a slice of the same sort of chocolate sort of brownie and I am drinking a lovely cup of coffee. Half past eight in the evening is quite late for a cup of coffee. We all have different drinks. Why am I the only one on the alcohol? Because my problems have rubbed up on you. <laughs> we literally have run out of alcohol that is yeah we haven't got any alcohol left in the house to be fair i think this was the end of the boxed wine i've got a lot of gin but no tonic and for most people that isn't an issue but i'm not so much a fan of neat spirits no i can only do um whiskey neat josh i feel like if you were really committed to the cause you would just have neat gin well, the, co- <laughs> the cause of leaning into my family's history of alcohol problems absolutely that <laughs> Do you know what? You just have to look at the silver lining. I don't know what the silver lining is, but you've just got to look at it. The silver lining is this wonderful podcast that we've put together. What a wonderful segue, Jazz. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Uh, As I said, we are a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast. Uh, We have recorded a session zero, which you can go listen to if you like. It's just a classic session zero, talking about us, talking about the world, talking about the characters. And it's it's a real ripping yarn uh, that you should. That sounded really sarcastic, and I'm okay. With it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of like, wow, way to shame us. I was like, okay, our characters are clearly boring, right? No, your characters aren't boring. You can't see his face, guys. <laughs> Calm is a relative term. An ocean can be calm on the surface, but inches below the azure surface, a family could be fighting for their lives, caught up by the very ropes they once relied on to hold their vessel together. A swamp in itself can be calming, with birds chirping to one another, an occasional creak of weathered boughs straining to climb ever higher into the sky. But beneath the thick mangrove roots, a mouse can be running for its life from a voracious lizard, going unnoticed entirely by the trees and the birds. Even a city, brimming with people going about their day, can seem tranquil. It's not unusual to have 10 to 20 people on a market stall demanding the freshest produce to a serene-faced stallholder, oozing peace and poise as they distribute packages of fresh-caught fish to their eager consumers, each of whom are unaware of a figure wrapped in black leather being hurriedly transported mere feet behind the red and white striped canvas to a more secure location. With that in mind, the corner of the world known as Nortiska has been experiencing an unprecedented period of calm. It has been decades since anything of note happened. Well, anywhere. Racial tensions between the natives and those who came after have never been better. The leaders of the island nations keep to themselves other than to celebrate festival days, which seem to double in number every year. A welcome side effect of such an extensive mixing of cultures. Yes, leaders may come and go, and you may have an occasional murmur of beasts or cults lurking in darkest recesses of these lands, but everything is calm. It's fine. Everything is fine. If you ask anyone who's anyone, they will tell you there is nothing to worry about, and that we live in an unprecedented period of calm. 
of course. There are those who hear rumors, whispers of things happening in other lands that no rational person would ever want to visit or need to visit. Talks of bandits patrolling the heartlands, great vessels that crest high waves and disappear into the surf. Monsters with 3,000 arms that pluck people off the beach as though they were a noble enjoying a bowl of candied nuts. Yes, things are not as they seem, yet everything remains calm. Every new year, there is a festival of renewal that takes place in the capital city of Nakoti, a vast, sprawling coastal metropolis who owes its success to the wealth of fresh water the nearby Hope Springs provide, more water than anywhere else on Host Isle. Each year, the tide flows inland up through the city to meet the fresh water in the centre, an area held in high regard by the native Tritons who have christened the pool the Brack. A newer tradition, symbolic of the harmony achieved in the world, is to have the Triton people dance with the tide inland, as their ancestors did centuries before. And to have various vessels, representative of the human, elven, dwarf and halfling folk who call Nakoti their home, travel to the Brack from the rivers and streams that eventually conjoin to meet the great royal river. It is this festival where our story begins, where three people joined in ways they could not possibly fathom find themselves in the city of Nakoti. So we begin in an area of Nakoti known as Stone. It is so called because the buildings are built of stone and the land that they are built on is stone. It is a mixture of granite and limestone to be specific. No one quite understands the geological layering of it. And a lot of people attribute the geological features to being the designs of the one God. Uh, we see a large street, uh, quite wide, with not so many people on it. They are certainly busy people. They are walking between buildings, um, but there is no sense of rush. There is very much a, uh, there's a, a relaxed Saturday morning sort of vibe going on. People doing their shopping, there's nothing much really to do other than get their groceries. However, we see, well, what sort of state is Skylar in at the moment? Oh, well, now, uh, I'm in a very um, desperate state, even though I've been with, you know, a nice goblin uh, train that have gotten me across the desert. I I'm in a whole other world. Like, I just, I'm standing out like a bit of a sore thumb, I guess. So it's fair to say that Skyler is uh, feeling pretty uncomfortable. Uh, but you are yeah. on you are on this street, and there are several people sort of walking between stores. Uh, you notice that, uh, other than the fact that there's a lot of stonework around here, and stonework is something that Skyler really isn't used to. On this uh -uh. Part of, um, you notice there are lots of different types of people. There are humans and there are dwarfs and halflings walking around. You do not notice any elves. I had to learn pretty quickly that it weren't just high elves out there. So um, I'm a little bit overwhelmed, but uh, we're going to be okay, is what he's saying to himself as he walks down the street, desperately avoiding eye contact. Overwhelmed. <laughs> 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 he's overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. <laughs> um, Skylar, please roll me a perception check. Oh, 
first roll. Oh my god. First roll. Okay. So that's a 22. 22 perception is pretty damn high. <laughs> good first roll. Okay, we're off to a good start. So there are uh, a multitude of shops and like you can read common, you understand common. It's called common for a reason. Uh, you read the signs that are describing various butchers and grocers. There's a book merchant or a bookshop. And there is a, a blacksmith. And the blacksmith is a dwarven man with a short by dwarven term, so it's sort of about a foot long coarse black beard. He's having quite a heated conversation uh, with quite a short lady, quite a short female person with bunches of black frizzy hair. Okay. She is sort of like, it, it's a heated conversation. They're clearly either trying to haggle. You notice that a lot of people are giving this heated discussion a wide berth. You also notice that there is a lot of bunting being hung about the area. It's strung sort of from one side of the street to the other side of the street. It's quite, there's a lot of pastel colours going on okay. there. And you are basically stood in the middle of a road. All right. Well, I would just like to maybe subtly slide on over and see if I can hear what they're talking about. Because I hope that this man ain't giving that lady no trouble. Because I don't like it when a man gives a woman trouble. Very good. So you're, you're trying to be real subtle? Yeah. Well, then I'm going to ask you to roll a sneak. A stealth? <laughs> or a stealth. Hell Please yeah. roll me a stealth check. So that is a 25. Yeah. There's two things I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think you're rolling them? You you effectively melt in with the crowd. It's very much that everyone sort of understands. In, like in an Assassin's Creed game, like the mm. character you're playing sort of just walks in with a crowd of people and some of the guards can't find them anywhere. That's the sort of vibe that I'm getting from Scarlet's. Yeah, that's very his aesthetic. You're not used to environments this urban, mm -hmm. but you you know like how to hide. It's it's yeah. it's one of the few things that they teach you at Swamp College. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a rigid curriculum. You really can't vary what you learn at all. And so you get really close to this blacksmith, and you can hear that the 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 smaller woman, and she is about three foot seven. Oh, wow, Aww. she is tiny. And the, the dwarf she's talking to is about four foot ten. I, I have the feeling I'm going to tower over these people and this might become very threatening very quickly. <laughs> I apologise. And while you're not, like, directly next to them, and obviously they haven't noticed you because they're so absorbed into this conversation, they're having this heated conversation, and you can hear her uh, sort of plead, pleading her case. Please, I don't, I don't have much money. I... I just really need to get this bronze so I can, so I can, so I, I, I can go and build the thing that I need to build. You know, we had a deal, we struck a deal. And, um, and the doll says, hey, well, young lady, uh, deals are struck every day, but if you don't make good with the money, I, I'm afraid I can't help you much there. I have such appreciation for your accent. Oh, thank you. I'm in awe. Sometimes uh, <laughs> I forget to plan characters and the voices just come through me and you guys might notice when that is. I love that all the dwarves are now Scottish, as they forever will be. My, my dwarves tend to be from Yorkshire up. Mm, sure. You'll, you'll know when I'm channeling a hill dwarf because they'll be Newcastle. <laughs> they often are. Actually, they're often Welsh. Yeah, and, and, that, and this sort of conversation goes back and forth between the two of them. Like She's trying to, to plead her case. Uh, it, it seems that someone has stolen uh, her purse of coins and and without, without the requisite coin, she cannot build what she needs to build with the bronze. Okay. Skylar, upon hearing that, is like, I want to help this young girl. Mm -hmm. He assumes she is a young girl. Okay. Um, <laughs> She's short. He's never seen a dwarf or anything else before. <laughs> so 
he is going to kind of wait until the conversation like until she's exhausted of the conversation if that looks like that's coming anytime soon and then he's going to go over to her so after a while the the voices become slightly more raised oh. um and and she seems to be sort of kicking up a, a bit more of a fuss and now she's turning to passers-by and saying well look at this man he's he's getting in the way of my business and and there's no way that I can ever provide for my family. And, and it's, it's all just going to go hard and wrong on this, the New Year's Day, a festival that's all about togetherness and coming together as a community. Ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> now, now listen here, little missy, how can I help? She she sort of startled, turns around and then like looks, looks up at this quite tall elf in comparison to her. And she says, oh, I didn't see you there. Um, this, 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 Blacksmith won't sell me the well. He won't give me the bronze that I need, and it's so important that I get it because because I've, I've got a big build coming up, and he should, of all people, should understand the requirements of, of having the right materials to make something. But I mean, I, I can pay him back once I've once I've got the materials to build it, but, but I just can't pay for it now because somebody stole all of my gold. All right, all right. I've, I mean, I've been here in your hollering and and making a big to do there, Missy. Now, what what was this that someone stole something from you? My, like my gold, my, my gold purse. Like it's it's a Hessian sack full of gold. It's, it's not very secure, but it's normally quite functional. You sound just like Morty from Rick and Morty, and I'm so into it. I'm so into it. All right, all right. Excuse me, sir. And he kind of turns to turns to the dwarf. Like the, the dwarf has been stood there watching the two of you have this exchange in like a very very dwarven manner. As I what was it that this young lady and you talked about is it like a really big amount or is it something that you can wait for payment on well it was only 10 gold but if i let one person walk away with a 10 gold tab everyone on the street will start coming up to me and saying oh i just want a tab to get some metals or some or or a sword you know well i can't have one rule for one and one rule for another did you say it 10 gold aye well, here you go. And he just gives him 10 gold. Oh, right. Uh, and the dwarf appears appears to be quite genuinely taken off guard, um, as though he doesn't see much kindness, um, which is tragic. Oh, poor dwarf. What's happened to you? Just <laughs> independent businessman, I mean. <laughs> he says, I, well, I suppose that settles the debt. And he, he goes sort of into the back and he, he brings through like a, a large sack uh, that has that telltale clink clank of, of just like pieces of bronze inside it and he, he gives it to you and he says well that's for you right well thank you very much for your time sir and he then like looks down at, at the little lady and is like right let's go talk about this huh oh okay and she, she turns to the dwarf and puts her her fists on her hip and sticks her tongue out in a very juvenile way that is adorable she is a child <laughs> i'll i'll make her roll an adorable check she succeeds yeah it's adorable <laughs> <laughs> and she sort of looks up at you and says okay what is there to talk about i'm gonna need you to maybe give me a little bit of an idea of who it was what took your purse um, are you stood outside the blacksmith right now, or are you walking into the street, like away from the disgruntled dwarf? Walking into the street. Okay. Well, there was there was uh, about three three men 
they've been going about the street and, and just taking people's purses. It, you can ask anyone, it's been happening to everyone. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Can you please roll me an insight check? Mm. See if she's telling the truth. And um, it's a nine. You can tell that she is lying. Oh, she's a bad liar. <laughs> now, listen here, little missy. I didn't mean to buy your stuff for you, so I would recommend that you tell me what's going on, because I want my money back. But I mean, if you ain't gonna tell me the truth, I can just walk back there and hand this all back to that nice dwarf man, do you hear me? Oh. And she looks conflicted and she sort of turns and looks at you with, with, these, with these huge brown eyes. And she says, well, it is true that my gold was taken by, by, by three men, but, but they're my family. It's, they're sort of like my brothers, I suppose. Right, so your brothers stole your money. Well, they said they'd, they'd give it back if, if I built for them what I what I said I'd build for them. Right. And like and like even now you can tell she's like sort of telling a half truth. Like there's a lot of truth in what she's saying, but she's obscuring a significant detail. Tell you what, why don't we all go meet with your brothers and we can all sort this out like Jim? Well, but that's that's a great idea. Um, although I, I don't know where they are right now, but. But we're we're supposed to meet in uh, we're supposed to meet near the bracket at sunset. Right. Well, how about I meet you there with all this shining <laughs> checks in the back, bronze, <laughs> and uh, and then it's no harm, no foul. Okay, but that that seems fair. You'll know me because I'll be me, and you'll be you. That's fair. <laughs> and she sort of she she holds her hand up to to shake yours. Okay, so he leans down and he shakes hers. She asked her what she's making. I, I need to I know. I am so desperate. <laughs> Why would you ask her what she's making? Out of interest, what is it that you're making? Roll me, roll me a persuasion check. I'm gonna make this mysterious object. My brothers want me to make this random thing. Oh no. <laughs> what are you making, woman? <laughs> so, that is a 20. <laughs> Damn! His southern charm is so persuasive. <laughs> Ain't nobody more charming than me. While you guys are sort of mid-handshake, and, and it sort of catches her off guard. And she says, oh, I'm just building a, a new ornament for the, the front of my, my brother's boat, uh, for, for the prow. Uh, it, it, it's part of a ram. It's, 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 it's quite ornate and requires a lot of bronze. Right. Doesn't know what any of that means. Nope, because he's a so small I, boy. <laughs> I assume that means it's something quite important. Um, yeah. Okay, so then you'll definitely be at the brack. That was what you said, right? It was the brack. Yeah. yeah. Do, 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 you know, do you know where the brack is? You, you don't sound like you're from here. Neither do I, but you don't. No, I, I don't know right where it is, no. Well, if you just keep going, and she sort of gestures down the street. If you keep going in that direction, you'll find like a big circular area. There's like a, there's like a lot of sidewalk around the outside of a big watery pool. That's the brack. Right, okay, yeah, that brack. Closer to sunset, there'll be more people there. There's a celebration tonight. Right, well, um, I will see you there with all your this shiny bronze. And we'll talk to your brothers and then we'll get my money back. Cool. And she finishes, she, she sort of disengages from the handshake and she sort of scurries off. Um, down the street, uh, actually in, in the direction of the brack. 
Um, but then she sort of disappears down a side alley. All right, well, I'm going to keep walking towards the brack. Cool. Um, you do that. Uh, is there anything else you would like to do between now and sunset is what I'm going to ask you. I think that he is going to try and find somewhere to stay. An inn of some sort, okay. Yeah, get yourself settled, amble around, buy some street food, look at the sights. Well, he hasn't got any money to buy street food with now. Yeah, you've got no money now. How are you going to find somewhere to stay? Well, he's hoping that it will be a kind of like, you pay after you've slept. <laughs> he hasn't really thought this through. This is like the first time he's had any money. Jazz, could you please roll me a D100? Uh-oh. 80. 80. So Skylar spends sort of the rest of his time exploring this part of the of the city and he cannot find anywhere that will take payment after stay. You sort of get the impression that it is an area that A, distrusts foreigners and B, is just generally distrusting. Like it seems pleasant enough, but if you are, if you are different, if you sort of smell like swamp or goblin, then they're then they're less likely to treat you well. If if anything, I smell like the desert. <laughs> you never quite get rid of the swamp smell. I was going to say, can you ever shake the smell of a swamp? I don't think you can. Not when it's this deep in your no. soul. I think it's in your skin now. You can't shake it's that. In my heart, just pumping swamp round my veins. Pumping swamp. Oh god. <laughs> That's my band name, Pumping Swamp. <laughs> pumping swamp. <laughs> <laughs> As you spend the rest of your day sort of getting to, getting more acquainted with the city, sort of learning its layout and, and what the people are like, um, you notice the streets gradually become busier and busier. And, and as as the young lady said, the the area around Brack, which you do eventually find, uh, sort of starts to fill up with merchants and stallholders, people selling candied nuts and popcorn and sort of dried meats on sticks and fried meats on sticks. There's a, there's a really nice festival feel to it He's all. really regretting trying to be a nice guy. <laughs> Think of all the nuts you could be having, damn it. As it approaches sunset, we are going to skip over to Hendrix. Woo! Now, Hendrix, this is not the first time you've been in Nakoti, nor, I doubt, is it the last. No. So Hendrix, I'm imagining, is sort of walking around in the lesser economically developed area of Nakoti, mm -hmm. so-called salt by by the local people uh, due to its proximity to the ocean and the fact that so many of the buildings do get washed away by a particularly enthusiastic wave. So what sort of thing would Hendrix be doing on this day of days? Well, I'm probably uh, keeping low profile. Don't really want people to know that I'm back. I'm just keeping to myself, getting on with the thing that I'm here to do. Very well. It's going to require a lot of willpower for me to not jump into an Irish accent. <laughs> Could you please roll me a stealth check? Oh, right. Oh, that's a... That's a... Oh, excuse me. That's a nat 20, so that's a 25. There's one thing I can do with skulk around this particular area. Yeah, this particular I mean, you know this area like the back of your wrinkled hand. Yes, I'm only 45. Yeah, but you're damp. Yeah, I'm thinking like bath wrinkles <laughs> when you go all pruny. Oh, constant prunes. I've definitely got a coarse hand. You, you, you do spend your day successfully skulking. There are a couple of times where you sort of walk into a, an almost open area, not protected by any shade, and you see someone who reminds you of someone that you once met, but you manage to avoid their eye contact as well. 
Mm. Um, you largely go unnoticed by people. In fact, even the animals seem to ignore you as you're skulking around salt. Oh. Don't look at me, you animals. <laughs> Literally, it's like like normally the dogs would would at least acknowledge you or bark at you if you walk too close to someone's property, or a cat would um, bristle and yowl and, and scurry off if you got too close. But it's almost as though you're so accustomed to skulking around these areas that there's just no way anyone would notice you. And it approaches sunset, which you know is the sort of the, the time that the the New Year's festival uh, commences. Mm-hmm. And I imagine, Hendrix, you are waiting for the beach to clear. Yes, I am. I'm skulking mostly around the coast, just waiting for people to go towards the brack where they'll be doing all their festivities and they'll leave me to my, ah, my work. Hendrix, you well know that the salt element of the festival uh, in, entails the Triton water dances uh, dancing with the tide as it comes in to meet the brack. Um, and to give you all sort of a reference point for that, the uh, the Triton water dances, it's sort of vaguely Avatar, the last airbender style waterbending type stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. The, 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 the dance that these Tritons do sort of mimics the movement of these waves. And they, and they, and they dance in a way that sort of accentuates the, the peaks and the troughs of the water as it comes in uh, from from sea to shore. So not river dancing. <laughs> not like river dancing, no. Oh, oh no, I got excited for a minute there. I love a good river dance. You stereotype. Axel heard that. <laughs> Axel will remember this. <laughs> yeah. So you notice that the, uh, the, the the dancing sort of kicks in and uh, you, you, see, you see the Tritons in their sort of, in their traditional uh, garb, in fact, and there are there are those with large drums that seem to be made out of sort of large, large shells that they're beating with with padded hammers, and uh, there are people playing sort of horns that are made of specialised, specially changed shells, and there's very much a sort of tribal atmosphere, and, and you're sort of used to this. And the dancers and the musicians work themselves into a sort of a, a trance type thing, and and it starts off sort of quite random movements from the dancers as they start to become in tune with the waves um, and then almost as one, they all sort of make one, one one huge sweeping movement as the first sort of wave comes in from the tide and and, and the surrounding sort of Triton civilians, they let out a, a huge cheer uh, as sort of recognition of the, of the festival beginning. You know that it is a very important thing for these people and I think even though you, you look down upon them for celebrating this, uh, well, tell me, does, does Hendrix respect their culture? He's secretly jealous. Aww. <laughs> He's looking at them and their water powers and their ability to commune with the waves and their whole culture and their land and sea harmony and all that. And he's very jealous, um, which means that he tells himself that he uh, looks down on them and that they're all uh, idiots. Oh, that's so wholesome. So you're standing there with a yeah. bit of a scowl on. Just in a skulking. Invisible to everyone watching. I, I, are you are you leaning or sitting? I'm leaning. Always leaning. Roll me a perception check, please. Right. Not so good at the perception, mostly just at the skulking. <laughs> That's so much for a perception. Ooh, that is a... Is that an 18 or a 19? <laughs> Either way, I think you're good. 19! That's insane! Yeah. I've got plus zero to perception, so that was very lucky. <laughs> so you, rolled, you, you rolled a 19, wow. Yes. That's insane. 
I guess the one thing I can look at is see. Well, actually, you're, you're sitting there scowling at the tritons dancing, um, and and you become very aware of a presence just sort of to your left, and, and you turn and you see a triton um, wearing quite a wide-brimmed hat, like um, so, sort of more rounded, almost like one of those um, Aussie hats mm-hmm. that, that they have, uh, but without the corks hanging off it. Yeah. And uh, this this triton sort of says, uh, "Well, I never much appreciated the dancing either, but." You can't critique their actual abilities. Are they talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> Not 2025 me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so he looks around. I'm sorry, what did he say? I'm so shocked that I've spoken to you. I've forgotten already. <laughs> I guess I, you know, I, I caught you off guard there. Uh, I'm not a fan of the dancing, but you've got to admire their, their artistry. Look, I'm just uh, I'm just here to mind my own business, all right? Mm, aren't we all? What a way to sound suspicious. I'm just here to mind my own business. <laughs> <laughs> Hendrix isn't a subtle guy. He's a shifty guy. Uh, he's just trying to project, leave me alone. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy says, look, I've got a proposition for you if they're looking to make a bit of gold. Look, I'm not that way inclined, thanks. Hendrix <laughs> 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 has got some science. Um, okay. <laughs> That's your business, I suppose. <laughs> Poor rejected fancy man. I know it's a festival and all, but you know. Oh, no, it's it's not, um, I'm not, a am not propositioning you. I'm, um, I've got actual work if, if you're into it. Oh, right. What sort of work? Well, you look like a man who knows his way around a spell or two. Don't look so shocked, I can smell it on you. <laughs> you can smell my damp? <laughs> I love that it's a spell or two and I'm here thinking, she literally has two spells. That is it. <laughs> I do know my way around a spell or two. One or two? You want one or two, because if you want two, you're out of luck. <laughs> I can offer you one. I can try again in 20 minutes. <laughs> Let me have a short rest and I'll come back to me. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to proposition you. Um, <laughs> for the first time, you get a good, good look at this guy, and, and you notice that that he's not wearing the, the stuff that the other Tritons are wearing. He's not wearing like these traditional, almost uh, Athenian robes that the, that the Tritons are wearing. Um, he's wearing like a waistcoat and like a like a fitted leather jacket. There's a there's a pauldron on one shoulder. He's got a pair of like proper leather bandit trousers. Is the only way I can describe it. Um, and on his waist is uh, is a rapier. And uh, a goodly, goodly-looking pouch. He's already said he's not that way inclined. <laughs> you know what I said earlier? I didn't mean it. You're <laughs> actually quite an attractive man. I like your hat. <laughs> <laughs> and he sort of, sort of tips it, but doesn't take the hat off. So yeah, so he's like, um, well, I mean, that depends on uh, what you, what's the job. We're trying to catch a man that's been on our trail for a while. And why is he on your trail exactly? Mm, that's for me to know. Mm, sounds like it's for me to know if I'm going to help you. Roll me a persuasion check. Alright. You've got this. You're persuasive. Ooh, I did not roll well. There's a... Ooh, it's 14. Mm-hmm. Okay, unnatural 20. Or as I like to call it, a dirty 20. So they said you hadn't rolled well. I was like, 14's pretty good. It looked like a, it looked like a 2 or a 4 or something, but I've got really patterned dice, and then I turned around and I was like, oh, 14. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy is a... He's a smuggler, you understand. Right. And um, I've got a friend who's not usual. Uh, I've been trying to protect her and other friends as well. Mm. Um, he's been on our trail for a while, uh, selling people to a to a zoo of sorts. But we we've got word that he's he's got a base in the city. 
And if we can catch him, then, then we can kill him. Ugh, sounds like some heavy work, friend. Um, what's the pay? And he sort of taps his <laughs> taps his sack. No, uh, he he <laughs> taps his uh, his. No, can't say coin first either. There is no <laughs> word here that will not sound sexual. Pouch is also a no go. I know. He 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 lifts up the sack of money and sort of shakes it. Sorry, so he shakes his sack instead now. Yes, yes, he he, <laughs> he shakes his sack in Hendrix's face. <laughs> Good save. There's uh, there's fifty gold in it for you. Oof. I mean, looking at you, fifty gold. That's 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 the sum of money that could change a man's life. He kind of looks down at himself with his like woolen soaked coat that looks like he's owned it forever. His crab pockets, <laughs> his you know patchy clothes, his like. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a staff that looks like a piece of driftwood. <laughs> he's just looking down at himself like, what about me? In Pride Lies, I I mean, to Hendrix, that's probably like, that's that's five bottles of fine wine. He's not Roy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> For context, Roy is a drunkard wizard in one of our other games. But yeah, so he knows it's a lot of money. Um, I'm going to, can I roll to Haggle? Yeah, roll me, roll me persuasion, and what I'll do is I'll roll persuasion for them as well. So what he's going to be saying is like, friend, if you're looking to kill this man, that's a, bringing a whole lot of trouble on my head, and that's more than fifty gold. Okay, you roll me, you roll me a persuasion. Oh, I was too cocky. <laughs> that's a fifteen. <laughs> that's still good, guys. These are good rolls. And um, and he says. Look, I've got a friend who can make artifacts and uh, and build things you couldn't even imagine. All right. You help me out. You'll get you'll get all of the gold in this pouch, and we'll see if we can do something about getting something real special made for you. How does that sound? So he kind of he, that sounds fantastic to him, but he tries to keep that off his face. He just looks like he's got a very busy day, but he's plan- willing to rearrange. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Sure. As it's the new year, I'm feeling generous. Yeah, new year, new year. Well, meet me at the brack as soon as the water gets there. All right, see you there. Um, and sort of at, at this point, the the Triton water dancers are sort of coming past, moving the waves with them, and, and like the crowd of people are starting to come along this boardwalk that you find yourself on. You're sort of leaning against a crumbling building, and the boardwalk is made of this, like, in the same way that Hendrix is perpetually damp, it's a perpetually soggy boardwalk. Mm and sort of this crowd of people is now approaching. Um, but you can sort of ensure that the beach is getting clear. He turned back to talk to this guy and, and he's not there. He's gone. This guy with his stealth and his yeah. perception. This guy, man. Let me tell you something. He beat out your passive perception. I know. <laughs> which is miraculous <laughs> considering this attempt. I see him with slightly um, slightly misty eyes. You don't know what I mean? What, Hendrix? Yeah, because he's got really bad passive perception and he's you know in olden timey times he's getting on yeah. and he's yeah. not the healthiest life so i can see that maybe his vision's going slightly that's why his passive perception is so shit absolutely and his hearing as well probably yeah i was gonna say could i roll an insight but i guess if that guy's vanished it's too late roll an insight um i assume you're looking to see if he was being true yeah just to see like how much am i gonna, you know. Regret this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the man they're looking for is you. What? Dun, dun, dun. I'm always setting people in zoos and forgetting about it. <laughs> oh, that, that was a four. So that's a four. <laughs> oh. That man was the most trustworthy man I've ever seen in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, you, you actually, you feel like you've made a friend. Oh. That was the first Triton to ever be nice to me. Oh. 
Sad man <laughs> Hendrix has found a friend. He was the only one who ever saw Hendrix. I know. I think I think we connected, and it was nice. You've now basically got a choice. You can go to the beach, um, or you can follow the crowd to the brack. Um, above table question: Is Hendrix here initially for the reason that we discussed away from? Yeah. So would I have to do that before the day is out? Yes. It, so, so the time of day you do it doesn't matter so long as it is done on the New Year's Eve. If he's got time to kill before this meeting, he'll go and do his other business now so that it doesn't accidentally not happen. Um, so you skulk your way sort of through the crowd again and you don't push against them. You basically go around the building, avoiding the crowd of people because people are a hassle. And, uh, and and you find yourself on the on the beach. And it's it's a very typical uh, sandy beach. It is a sandy beach. Uh, with, with It's sort of littered with shells. And you see the only uh, bit of stone that is on the beach itself. So yes, is the tide such that I can go down and to the thing? So long as you sort of remain quite close to the to the shore, like the, so the tide is coming up, but just to the just due to the sort of a the fact that they are manipulating the water, they're actively manipulating the water to come up the river, right? Um, and also just due to the geography of the land, to sort of funnel in first is quite high banks on the sand, quite high sandbanks, if you will. Okay. You would be able to walk there. You don't need to worry about swimming and drowning. All right, I'll go. Okay, you, you get over to the ritual circle. We haven't discussed the specifics of, of the ritual that he's going to do. That was something that I meant to discuss with you. But I forgot. But this, this ritual circle um, has, I mean, it's, it's quite a large circle. It's about 30 feet uh, in, in total diameter. Um, at it, it's, it's octagonal within the circle. So it's a circle and there's an octagon inside it. And at each of the points of an octagon, there is a, uh, a symbol. There are eight different symbols. And they all uh, represent different sort of fields of knowledge, mm -hmm. cool. basically. Hendrix would know the ritual that he has to perform. Well, I've got my book of law with me. Um, but basically, he's here. It's, this, it's the new year. Yeah. It's his first kind of... I'm seeing it as this is the first full year that he's kind of actively now pursuing his journey with Axel. He's been he's been a hermit for a few years, kind of studying, getting the theory, making the pact, getting ready. But he's now kind of ready to set out at level one <laughs> of his journey. So he's kind of um, just doing a ritual to kind of symbolically commit to the pact he's already made and kind of go forward into the year with the, the right foot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to be something with I'm seeing we're throwing some ink around because ink is very important followers of Axel. So I, I've got ink in my inventory. So I've pouring ink. I'm probably mixing ink with some of my blood. So I've got the full night. So I'm boom, blood, ink, mixing it around, painting sigils on this thing with that. Saying the words from the law book, doing that whole thing. Amazing. And um, so the, the eight areas of knowledge are mathematics, natural sciences, humanoid sciences, history, the arts, ethics, religious knowledge, and indigenous knowledge. So you, you sort of write out the, the runes in abyssal for, for each of these things. Um, roll me a perception check. Eleven. You are aware that the tide is rapidly approaching um, as you sort of finish up your ritual. You do, in fact, come to the end of your ritual, and that is when you notice that the tide is coming up quite fast now. You notice that there is like the sound of a rowboat, but you can't quite pinpoint where it is. Okay. Um, but you are you are aware that there is a time crunch happening, mm -hmm. and you got to get to the brack. 
All right, well, that's good. Let the sea take my blood and ink offering and all my sigils, and it'll carry them to Axel. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, off I go to the Brack. Right, and you, you trot off to uh, to the Brack. Feeling, I don't know, cleansed, invigorated. It's feeling good. Right, Tala. <laughs> Hope you're ready for a lore dump. I'm so scared. <laughs> You are currently uh, stood on the royal barge mm. next to your charge, the Prince Regent, Marcus. His children, Trixie and Sam, are both there, as well as Lady Wellen. Who is allowing a Princess Trixie? <laughs> I love it. Princess Trixie. I'm, she is precious. Never let anything happen to her. Well, the kids are, um, I mean, they're, they're not particularly uh, ruly. They are, in fact, unruly. And they are sort of wreaking havoc on the royal barge. While while their father, uh, while Prince Marcus has sort of stood there stoically with, with Lady Wellen, uh, sort of just behind him to his left, looking quite resigned, quite peaceful. And he's standing there proudly. Um, while the kids are sort of running about and they've, they've managed to find a stick somehow on the royal barge and one of them's hitting the other one with them and then they start sort of crawling over each other and they are, they are just running about as this boat effortlessly cruises through the, uh, the river runs, which is the more affluent area of the city. Um, you, are, you are starting as close to the Hope Springs as you possibly can with a large large barge like this and cruising down the Royal River uh, in order to reach the Brack for the other half of the New Year's ceremony signifying the coming together of the new and the old. Is there people watching the boat? Like are there... Oh, the streets around the boat are crammed with people. Okay, perfect. They are they are literally fit to bursting. They are, they are cheering, they are whooping. It's like when William and Kate are in America and there's just people everywhere. And there is bunting, there are flags, there are there are hundreds and hundreds of people waving. Too many people to even point out. Okay, so Tala is gonna crouch down and she's gonna say, hey, Trixie, Sam, over here. And they sort of look to each other, drop the stick and run over to you, giggling in that childish way. Hey guys, who do you think can wave to the most people? I can, I can wave the most. Okay, so you guys have got to wave and you got to count how many people you wave to and then at the end of the journey, you can tell me how many and who wins, right? Um, and, and they both run phew, straight to the prow of the boat and they sort of, they're holding each other's hand. It's very cute. They're standing either side of like the stern, I want to say, no, it's stern back. I need to know boat terms if we're going to do a pirate DMT. Starting our pirate game with a lack of boat <laughs> knowledge. Mm-hmm. How do I boat? What is a boat? <laughs> I know port and starboard, and I know sometimes, I think stern is at the back. Just say the front of the boat. They go to the front of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the front of the boat, hands in hand, and they sort of start waving, and they're like, and you can hear them counting very loudly. One, two, three, nine, nine, uh, twenty, and it's sort of just very loud, like they're sort of trying to outdo each other. Cool. Tala's just going to stand back up and give Marcus a nod. And he he sort of smiles nicely, and Marcus has kind of got a got a, a mess of, of uh, brunette ringlets on top of his hair. He's got a Mediterranean sort of skin tone, quite a strong jaw, um, but he has a look in his look in his eye of sort of constantly never knowing if he's quite doing right. Aww, sweet baby. Whereas Lady Wellen, um, she's she's something a lot more pale. She's got uh, jet black hair, and she stands, and she's got a lovely long red gown on and he's sort of wearing a red jacket with a sort of a 
um, jazz, what's this, a cravat? Cravat, yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's sort of wearing these um, these cream beige jumpers, breeches type things as well, looking very looking very smart, mm. but also like very nervous, like he doesn't know what he's doing. Hey, you're doing fine. No, uh, thank you so much. Um, it's the first one of these things that I've done. <laughs> Look, I mean, the people are so far away. They can't even see your face, really. I wouldn't worry. Well, that's why I'm worried. How, how, how do they know it's me? They could think that I'm some sort of imposter. That's a real stretch. Are you okay? No, I'm not. Just take a deep breath. Kids are fine. Boat is fine. People are fine. Uh, roll me a perception check, please. Oh, not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Kids have gone. That is only an 11 for my perception. So I have to say my passive perception is higher than that. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> But it's like, so your sort of your your guard training kicks in when you say everything's fine. It's like I should probably be making sure that everything is fine. <laughs> and uh, you sort of start peering off into the crowd, and like, yeah, there's there's a lot of people pushing and shoving, as you would get when there's a lot of people tightly packed in. Um, a few fights might break out when someone puts their hand in the wrong place or confuses their someone else's wife for theirs. You know, classic crowd stuff. Classic crowd shenanigans. Classic crowd shenanigans. Grabbing the wrong wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Tala, you, you know, there are elves in the in the crowd, there are humans in the crowd, there are dwarfs in the crowd, there are halflings in the crowd. Uh, there are a few more uh, humans and elves than there are dwarves and halflings. Um, but that could just be because humans and elves are much taller than dwarves and halflings. So you just might not see the dwarves and the halflings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, you might mistake a human child for a halfling, so it's like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the boat sort of pushes on down the river and, and sort of as as other streams and rivers join this this huge sort of Thames-esque river um, as, as other rivers join it, other boats falling behind you each of them sort of representing uh, the different the different houses that live in the river runs um, specifically the, the sort of the heads of each of the racial groups for the better word so the elven boat is the first to join and it's sort of this wonderful um, almost oriental boat with there's sort of an excessive amount of curve going on mm. the spirals are effortlessly incorporated to the to the front and the back of the boat um, <laughs> they have this huge huge beautiful sail that looks to be looks as though it's made of the thinnest finest silk with amazing embroidery all over it sort of depicting the the struggles that the that the elven people of Nakoti had against the uh, elven people of Oasis uh, in, in years in years gone by um and then the 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 halfling boat is the next one to join and it's like a paddle steamer type thing Aww. like a proper mississippi paddle steamer um and it's and like the 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 the, the halfling heads of state are, are perhaps less less regal less refined than the elven human and and dwarven heads of state they're sort of waving uh they're waving much like trixie and sam uh <laughs> but they're, they're very excited to be here um, and they're throwing like like uh sweet cakes and things off the top to people in the crowds and they're very thrilled about it um, and sort of as each of as as these two boats join, as as the elven boat joins, you can sort of hear the the familiar uh, whine of, of sort of stringed instruments being tuned. And uh, as as the halfling uh, halfling boat sort of joins, you, you can almost hear pipes being sort of tuned, make sure everyone's in tune. Sort of pick out a, a piccolo and a flute, as well as like the traditional pan pipes. Mm. The last boat to join is this this huge well. 
it's not huge because it's like got to be in this river but proportionate proportionate to the to the halfling boat and the elven boat certainly it's stocky um it is this almost battleship looking thing it's it's made of like steel and it's got a huge plume of smoke coming out you actually see the plume of smoke before you see the boat itself mm. um, and it's you know it's it's a characteristic dwarven boat much like the sort of Again, to, another, to put another Avatar The Last Airbender reference, like the boats of the Fire Nation. Oh yeah, I'm sorry though, these are all references that mean nothing to me. I know. They mean know. vague amounts to me. So. I'm picturing something Viking. But like metal. Okay, metal Vikings, okay, that I can work yeah. with. And and you can hear on this boat like the sounds of, of percussion and it's a very boom, boom sort of thing going on. <laughs> and if someone were listening to this boat procession and the Triton procession, you would recognize they are playing the same song, just on different instruments and with emphasis on different parts. Mm-hmm. Tara, you hear the music strike up. Uh, the human boat, the barge is at the front of this procession. Um, do you tap your feet along with the song? Like this, the song starts playing out. It is, it is a traditional Triton song. Mm. Um, but you are aware that you are the only Triton to be seen for a while. Okay, yeah, she wouldn't tap her foot, she might tap like a thumb. I imagine she's probably holding her trident, so she probably taps her thumb where it's behind the trident, so you can't necessarily see it. Okay, um, roll me a stealth check. No, roll me a sleight of hand check. Just sneakily tap, fucking hell. Okay. Ooh, that's a 17. 17 to tap, what was that, sorry, Alice? Did you say she's the only Triton to be seen for a while, because I thought they were everywhere. Um, no, you, in, so in, in this in this area, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a Triton. In this, it's, it's a very affluent area. A lot of the buildings, they're sort of made of a, of a huge, they're huge marble constructs, often with um, frequently replaced uh, bronze roofs. Very much has this almost uh, classic Greek feel to it, the yeah. buildings. Um, and they and they are almost unnecessary with uh, how elaborate and elegant these build, buildings are. Um, but there aren't, like, even if you looked real hard, you might not see a Triton in the crowd. But there are Tritons here doing their whole festival and the dancing and everything, but there's none in the crowd. But there, there are no Tritons dancing, so these people are coming from inland, on their boats on the river, heading towards the centre, and the Tritons are coming from the coast. Oh, right. So they are there, but they're just like further away. Oh, I see. Okay. I and essentially the, the, the whole symbolism of, of this thing is that the, the two parties come together in the middle and they meet at the brack where the salt right. and fresh mix. Thank you. Um, that was a 17 for your tap check, was that? It was a 17 to do a little tibbity tap. Yeah. Um, you you hear Lady Wellin uh, sort of tuck under her breath uh, as you start tapping your thumb on the on the trident. Is something the matter? And she sort of purses her lips for a bit and, and looks at you haughtily. And she says, well, it might not be befitting for the Prince Regent's guard to be dancing along with the music, hmm? I mean, it's music. If it's good, people will tap along. And she turns to Marcus and says, Do you let all of your staff talk to your wife like this? And Marcus looks proper shocked and well bewildered in it. Um, he's like, well, I, I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, no, um, uh, well, I, uh, 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 Tala, would you, Tala, could you, could you, could you, um, could you turn the children for me, please? Could you, could you just make sure that they're, they're fine? <laughs> of course. And I will go down to where the kids are, because the kids are fun and the kids are nice. 
and the kids are waving and like you can hear you can hear Sam saying seven million three hundred billion twelve hundred trillion. Actually, as I'm leaving, can I do an insight check on Lady Wellen? You may. What are you inciting for? Are you gonna roll to see if she's a bitch? No, but like I imagine I've known her for a while. Yeah, you have. Okay, well I might just ask you, does that seem out of character for her? No. Okay. Oh, so she's always that salty. She, she's not a nice person. Um, oh, okay. Roll me a history check, actually. Okay. I didn't know whether that was like unusual behaviour. History. Oh, I have no intelligence. Um, so that's a 13. You would be hard pressed to remember a time that she actually referred to you by name in a positive way. Ah, uh, okay. So she's always a cow, sure. Often, often you're referred to as one of the staff. And sometimes she will greet you as though she's never met you before in her life. <sighs> oh, she's racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I will go and see the children. Okay, you go there. And as I said, the, the kids are sort of yelling just these growingly extravagant numbers. They, they've stopped counting. <laughs> um, and actually, they, they don't notice you approaching. Hey, guys. And they both turn around in unison. It's Tala! And they both like run up to you and give you a big hug. <laughs> What number did you get to? I I I got to thirty-seven. Said says Trixie and sounds like well, well I I I got to infinity. I I I'm still waving. <laughs> and like you can see with one hand, he's still waving. Are you saying there's infinity people at the festival? Yes. Wow, that's a lot of people. And you wave to all of them? Yes. You could see all of them? And, and Trixie says, Sam, stop being silly. You can't wave to all of the people. You have to look at them and they have to smile at you. That's how you know you waved at them. Aw, Trixie, that is totally right. You gotta smile at them because they like it when you smile. Uh, can you roll, um, can, can you please roll me a persuasion check? <laughs> to persuade, okay. Oh, 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 I threw my dice on my cake plate. Oh, no. Uh, we haven't considered the cake plate issues, guys. The dice and the slice are trying to merge. Nice <laughs> <laughs> to come slice. Tala is so cute with the kids, though. It's really sweet. I love them. It's really sweet. But yes, Tala, we'll, 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 we'll overthrow the rich. We'll leave Marcus <laughs> sweet, but the rest of them will just... <laughs> what am I doing a persuasion? Yes, please. Um, that's only an eight. Yeah, um, you, you hear Sam start to cry. And it's like a proper child that's like having a bratty episode crying. And he's just, but, but if I have to smile at everyone, I'm not saying a bit. Hey, buddy, hey, buddy, I've got a fix. How about I pin your cheeks up like this? And then she pulls a really funny face at him. <laughs> roll performance. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Why can't I be nice without having to roll for it? I want to know if this is terrifying. Oh, it is. What's my performance? It's at 18. <laughs> oh, he's, he starts, he sort of goes from doing this almost put on crying to, to laughing really silly. And he goes, <laughs> and he, goes he, he sort of sticks his finger in his mouth and try and give himself the widest smile as possible. And then he like tries to do it with one hand whilst waving with the other one. And it's sort of, a, it's a bit cat-handed, but it's adorable. And he, ha he has stopped crying. Congratulations, okay. you solved my crying child puzzle. <laughs> She's gonna say, um, so you can pull the faces at the crowd, but don't let Lady Wellen see. <laughs> oh, okay. This is this is just for the crowd, okay? It's a special thing for them. Okay. Is she an evil stepmom? Absolutely. Amazing. When I found that out, I nearly spat my brownie all over the screen. That's <laughs> world problems. And you you turn around, so you're you're on sort of the main the main deck of this barge. Um, but seated above, so sort of on the 
it's basically, it's basically there's like a two floor situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and on, on the second floor, you know uh, that the, the king himself is sat there. Uh, you don't go near the king unless unless uh, the Prince Regent Marcus takes you with him. Uh, yeah. You've met the king maybe three or four times in your life. Uh, but you look up there and you see that he seems to be fine. He's, he's, white, he's sort of waving meekly, like he's, he's, very, he's very frail. Sorry, did you say he's higher on the... Yeah, so he, he's, on, he, he's on a platform above, okay. basically. Uh, behind and above. Yes. Yeah. the makeup of the barge. Um, but he's he's there with his with his assigned guard, uh, all of whom wear like full plate mail armor uh, with with halberds, um, and they sort of stand at points. And he's got his his helper with him hmm. um, again. And you've actually had more to do with the butler than you have to do with the king. Um, sure. That's just sort of the way the way these things the way these things be really. And the butler's name is Gilbert. I've been watching too much Community. I can only think of Pierce's dad's old butler is also called Gilbert. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so now that's the man I'm going to picture. Do it. It's him. It looks exactly <laughs> like him and has his mannerisms. Wonderful. Yeah. And the, the procession processes. It is It is now very much after after sunset. It is now dusk, dusky area. Oh, yeah. Um, and the the water dancers and and the the boat procession are sort of coming to meet now at sort of either sides at twelve o'clock and six o'clock of this of this huge circle where the salt water and the fresh water mix and there is there is now a, a big crowd of people gathering and every stall is absolutely swarmed with with uh, with folk trying to buy the finest and freshest hot candy nuts. Okay, I would now, I want the kids to come back and come stand near Marcus. Okay, very well. Just because this is like the epicenter. So if something's going to go wrong, I'd rather they were all in the same place because I can't protect them if they're at different ends of the boat. Yeah. Um, so Skylar, you are there. Uh, you haven't quite found your, your little companion yet. It's all right. I still got hold of all this brown. Yeah, so. you, you, you've got her goodies. Your arms must be tired. Huh? Oh, yeah. My arms are so tired. I'm well, like skinny arms. My minus one strength arms. You've got, a, you've got a rucksack, so you could have you could have put the bronze in the rucksack. Yeah, but would he have done, though? Probably not. Uh, is Skylar the big dumb? No, I ain't, I ain't dumb. I would have probably put it in my backpack if it fit. Yeah. We'll say it fits. Screw it. It's easier if it fits. Uh, roll me a perception check, please, Skylar. Alright. So that was a 19 that I rolled, and I have a plus... What are your dice, guys? Jesus Christ. Uh, plus 8. That's a 27. Yeah, you become vaguely aware that uh, all of reality is uh, a lie and nothing is real. I fucking knew it. And then you see your your little lady uh, talking to three tritons, uh, all wearing these sort of Again, these these Aussie hats, these wide-brimmed hats, with, but without the corks. And she's she's talking to those three, talking excitedly. I'm gonna go over to her, and I'm gonna be like, "Hey there, little Missy. These your brothers?" Oh, hi there, um, guys. This this is um, who I was telling you about, who who who, uh, who very kindly bought the bronze uh, for me because of the gold that you guys won't give me, and like. I'm gonna carry over your, your insight check from before, and you're like, okay, something stinks here. So, would Skylar have seen a Triton before? Nope. I mean, okay, you see blue people with 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 ears. I was just curious to know how Skylar would react because this is 
you know, they're, they're very unique looking. Uh, the problem is that my entire life, all I've seen, apart from one individual, is uh, high elves. So basically, trident, goblin, human. They're all the same. Roll me a racism check. <laughs> I don't need to, I'm dripping in it. Roll me an insight check, please. An insight, all right. That's a 17. You get the impression that these guys are the brothers that she was talking about, but like, even you're like, hang on a minute. Well, that ain't right. (laughs) These guys stand at uh, approximately like five, in fact, they all stand at exactly five foot eight. Um, And they have blue skin and like fish fin-esque ears. Um, and, and she and she she does not. You also notice that they all look exactly the same. Not in a racist way, in a they all look exactly the same sort of way. Are they twins? Sorry, your accent is so infectious. <laughs> there is three of them, so they are not twins. Oh, you know what I mean, though. <laughs> They're three twins. Oh, they triplets. We get a whole bunch of them down where I'm from. I don't know if you can make that up, because that's quite important in this world. Triplets, siblings, it's all the same, right? Right? Mothers, brothers, they're all the same. Mothers, <laughs> brothers, sisters, lovers. My now. uncle dad told me that. Just any southern listeners out there, we yeah, love yeah, absolutely. you dearly. But no, no one listening is from Oasis. So. Yeah, this is very Oasis-specific banter. We cannot stress this enough. <laughs> We have built this world. We know the people that we're offending. Here's the problem. We've got we've got inside jokes about this world that won't make sense until like we explore the world more. Yeah, exactly. Hey, if you want to be in on our inside jokes, stick around. <laughs> stick around and find out why the Oasis people are like this. Stick around why we're funny in retrospect. For <laughs> <laughs> those podcasts, you got to go back to the beginning. Once you finished it, if we finished yeah. it. Yeah. You've got to go back to the whole start. Okay, so that is what you see. Right. Excuse me. I have the feeling that these ain't your brothers, unless you're adopted, in which case, that's fine. Um, she she says, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're my um, adopted brothers. I feel like I just fed you that line, Missy. I ain't buying it. I ain't even gonna do an insight check. I just pull bullshit. One of them, one of them steps forward and says, "Hey, uh, it's, it's 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 quite alright. Don't you uh, worry. We we are a family, and that much I promise you." Why is he so suave? Why is he so mysterious? And um, this one is wearing, you know, the guy that I described earlier. It's the same clothes that I described when the guy that was talking to Alice. I mean. So you're very smooth, and I appreciate that in a gentleman. But um, I just want my ten gold. Oh well, don't you even worry about me. I mean, fifteen gold. Uh, roll me, <laughs> roll me a deception check at disadvantage, please. <laughs> it's a finder's fee. You didn't even find it. You bought it from the shop where it's normally sold. <laughs> okay, that's an eleven. Uh, he he laughs and sort of shakes his head and, and goes into his little pouch and gives you ten gold. I mean, eleven gold. Uh, I don't think you do. And uh, and one of her other brothers, he, he steps forward and he's and he's sort of wearing like um, almost blackened plate mail, um, and a- around the neck there's sort of some bronze, uh, intricate art. Filigree. Yes, that one. Filigree. Thank you. Um, and it's it's almost like um it's almost like a Roman Roman armor, like Roman gladiator, not gladiator, but like Roman armor, that breastplate and the, the sort of the skirt type thing. Yeah. And shin guards and greaves and all that. 
all that mm-hmm. goodness. He sort of sets forward and he says, I, I, I would thank you to uh, now go about your business, citizen. Uh, it would be mighty fine of you if you could uh, leave us to ours. Was he another one of the triplets? Yes. Yeah, but he was talking weird. Yeah, I'm like, is he putting that on? Like, he looks the same as the other guy, but talks completely different. That's weird. Just for reference, um, the other brother is wearing like black and white striped robes that have a hood at the back, but obviously the hood isn't up because he's wearing this, this hat. Um, they sort of come out to like um, harem pants, harem pants type thing, sort of white sort of thing. They all dress so differently. You'd think triplets would be dressed weirdly identically. <laughs> That's racist. But they've all got the same hat. Yeah, yeah this is why I'm thinking it's Something in this hat. So what, roll me an investigation check if you want to try and work out if there's something funny going on here. But I really wanted to do an insight. <laughs> I, it really, do you know what? It don't matter. <laughs> much much of a muchness. Much of a muchness. So an investigate, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's a 15. You are a high elf and that much is true. I try my best. You now realize that these are not three tritons and their little sister, question mark. Um, what you actually see is uh, in the robes, in the striped robes, you see a, a, basically a, a crow person, so a person with a, with a crow face, like a, like a raven type thing, um, with sort of long clawed hands. Um, the person in the, in the blackened Romanesque armor is like a, like a minotaur, a, a black bull minotaur with huge horns. Uh, and uh, the person sort of wearing the, almost the, the very fancy, the dandy outfit, um, appears to be like a, a lion, lion-based lion cat person is... is... Whoa, but they were tritons a second ago. Bloody knew it. <laughs> I was like, why are these tritons dodgy? Come on, guys. They're not tritons, that's why. Um, and as you sort of come to this realisation, the, the, the young lady, uh, her, her face very quickly goes from, from one of innocence to one of, of being really quite like cheesed up. So, oh, you had to go and ruin it, didn't you? Oh, goodness. Well, I guess you know now, but you gotta keep it quiet, okay? I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Um, I'm real sorry if I'm interrupting your costume party. And uh, they all sort of look at each other and, and sort of nod cautiously. It's like, um, and, sh- and she says, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a costume party. I just want to say, if it ain't a costume party, you guys are being real suspicious, and I'm definitely going to remember this. <laughs> if anyone asks about this, I'm going to be able to point you out in the crowd so obviously. <laughs> so, just, just, to, just to peek behind the screen a little bit, um, while Skylar wouldn't know this, might be pertinent for, for the players to know this, uh, the, the three uh, fellows were wearing a hat of disguise. Um, which, which essentially puts an illusion over people to appear as they wish. The way illusion magic works in D&D 5e is that once you know it's an illusion, it no longer functions as an illusion to the person who's worked it out. So Skylar could literally now spend the rest of the time walking around saying, they don't look like the way they look. And people be like, what? Oh, fuck. That's a cruel impression of me that you just did, and I do not appreciate it. <laughs> I feel betrayed by my new best friend. Um, well, actually, come, come, come to say that, Hendrix, the uh, Triton water dancers are now sort of approaching the main city center. Nearly called it a square then, it's not a square, it is definitely a circle. It's a circle of mixing water. It is, circle of, of brackish water. 
Um, and you sort of come there and you very easily uh, locate your, your friend from before who looks as you saw them before. Um, talking to this rather swampy looking high elf, uh, a little tiny woman with the, with the black pigtails. She's the high elf? No, you're the high elf. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a swampy looking high elf, that's you! <laughs> I just completely, I just missed an entire chunk of just reality. It was so wonderful. I just, I just died. You just and imagined you'd been I'm looking back. down at this tiny person when actually they were a high elf the whole well, time. Hey, you know what? She might have had a crazy earring for all I know. An earring of disguise. Of course. Hendrix, you see you see this this uh, these three tritons wearing their various described clothes. Mm. Um, this little tiny woman with their frizzy black bunches and a swampy looking high elf. Now I was gonna I'm annoyed that I didn't say this earlier, but I was mm. thinking it, so I'm not doing it now just to be shitty. But but when I was talking to the Triton before, I remembered that I speak primordial Aquan, and so I probably would speak that to them to be polite. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to come over and I'm going to say hi to my friend in primordial Aquan. Okay. Because I was thinking when the scene ended, I was like, oh, I could have been talking to him in Triton language. That would have been nice. That's a like, I've got the language. I might as well use it. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, and uh, the, the, the three Tritons turn to you um, with a sort of slight look of confusion in their eyes. Um, the one in the hoods uh, returns your greeting uh, verbatim. Excellent. So I, I'm going to be speaking in primordial as I talk to them, mm -hmm. like. <laughs> Because uh, also because he assumes these guys are all the thing. We don't know if these yeah, people yeah. are in on it. Of course, you absolutely. Know? So yeah, yeah. Like, 100%. Right, so um, are we all doing this thing or should we talk, you know, what's what's going on? So, Scar looks round at you and it's like, oh, oh, uh, were we all meant to be in costume for this? No, uh, <laughs> Hendrix turns slowly to look at you with the biggest sass because he doesn't see anyone in a costume. There's these guys in their outfits. You're just sounding really cool. racist. <laughs> yeah, so he just looks at you like, you got something you want to say? Well, it's just that these guys all have their fancy matching hats and to make them look like a costume of like these water people. And now you're all here in your watery outfit, and I just thought, well, hum ding, am I meant to be all dressed up for this? He looks down at his watery outfit, which is just regular heavy clothes. clothes. <laughs> a bit wet. <laughs> I'm just like, do you think you're being funny or something? And then he turns back to the guys and speaks back. It switches back to primordial. And so when like? when Hendrix is speaking primordial, um, Skylo, you hear like this very low guttural sound. Primordial is a very guttural language and it has to be has to be resonant to get through the water. Mm. Like like you know what when whales sing it's actually quite a low sound. Mm. Like there's a lot Aww. more there's a lot more low resonance low resonance stuff than mm. there is high stuff. Um so like you, you see Hendrix who sort of turns to these people and Hendrix you, you you're you're saying what you're saying but in primordial it's like a mm. All right, this is really freaking me out. Do you know what? 
I, I'm, I'm gonna just sign out of this. You, you guys have a good time. But hey, if you wanna like, you know, zazz up your outfit a little bit, I mean, if you get one of these hats, it'll just make you look like one of these blue fellas, just like this crow guy. I didn't even realize he was a crow. And, and Hendrix, the one in a cloak now, is, <laughs> is, uh, is actually a crow person. Wait a minute. Who you realize Wait. has been repeating everything you have said to them word for word and roll me an insight check. 15. And not only has this, this uh, crow person, or Kenku, um, as Hendrix would probably recognize being a scholar, uh, been repeating what you've said word for word, has also been repeating it back to you almost sound for sound. Right. And you realize they've just been mimicking your voice exactly, but like with the primordial language. Right. So they, yeah, they're not speaking primordial to me. They're just repeating what I say and hoping they'll pa- like pass it off. And they're, miss- they're, they're like missing out bits of the sentence. So it sounds like a sentence. Right. So yeah, so he kind of like has his driftwood stuff and he's just kind of look and he's like points at Sky and I'm like, hang on, wait, you there. Yeah. Important stuff at these guys. Like, what? What's going on here? Why? What? What is this? I, I don't know. Roll me an investigation check, please. Sixteen. Sixteen, and suddenly, you you see the 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 lion, the lion-headed person, and the the minotaur person. You see the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, you see the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. You, Hendrix, would know that Minotaurs are reviled across the land with their barbaric uh, stereotype. Great. It is a stereotype, but like, you've heard you've heard multiple stories of Minotaurs eating the flesh of children. <gasps> Gorgeous. Oh my god, really? Yeah, my, 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 like like in, in, in the legends and, and the myths and the stories, mm-hmm. Minotaurs eat flesh. Of children, oof. Well, ch- children. True, let's not jump straight on the propaganda. <laughs> but, yeah. um, what Hendrix wishes to do with that information is up to Hendrix. Well, he wishes to repeat his, de- well, wait for a reply to his demand of what the hell's going on here? And the uh, the one who you deduce, deduce, you, you realize uh, originally sort of spoke to you way back in the harbor. Like, listen, it's uh, a little bit more complicated than what I made it out to be. Mm-hmm. This guy is out for all of us. Right, he's putting you in his uh, his zoo. We're on a we're on a list. You understand? Right. And, and this guy, this guy has come here all the way from Last Hope, and uh, with, with one thing on his mind. Okay, and we have reason to suspect that he's here tonight, and uh, he's planning to do mm, something with the royal families. We don't know what. If we can catch him here, we'll be famous for life. So you think he's going to make an attempt on the royal family? That's what our sources believe, yeah. Have you taken that evidence and passed it on to the people whose job it is to protect the royal family? Because then you can just wash your hands and go home. Um, he, he he laughs and it's like a deep throaty laugh, like oh, a chuckle. Mm. Like, what, you think you think the royal guards aren't, aren't all in with this? You think this 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 guy? Um, and he sort of gestures around as though like the guy's there, but obviously the guy isn't there. And it's like he's—it's like he's made a presentation in front of a board before, and he's used to being the board, like having the board there. Right. <laughs> think this guy isn't isn't slippery than an eel. You think he isn't in everyone's pockets. You think the city guard haven't been paid off by him. I I, I gotta know something. <laughs> What's going on? And we're gonna cut across to Tala. And <laughs> um, Tala, the royal barge is now sort of coming in through uh, down down the royal royal river. 
Um, and the, the construction of the barge is is very unique. It's very specific. Um, and it's it's made in such a way that once the front meets the edge of the brack, it uh, it gets locked in. There, there are two um, metal things coming out the side okay. that you know uh, lock in to the side of the brack. And it basically makes the royal barge then part of the, the promenade yeah. around the outside. It's essentially completing the circle. Um, you know at the other side, the Triton water dancers then use some uh, they use shape water, I believe, to freeze the water over the mm-hmm. top to, to complete the circle. It's all part of the all part of the symbolism, basically. Tyler is on like high alert right now, just FYI. Absolutely, you got to roll me a perception check. You got to make it good. I got to make it good. That is a t- dirty twenty. <sighs> oh damn! Oh damn! Um, yeah, so you're you're on. High- you're on high alert, your, your mind isn't even on the kids. Like at this point you are scanning the crowd, you are scanning the rooftops, looking for anything that is out of place. Um, you you see you see a swampy looking high elf talking to, to some tritons and a human and what appears to be some sort of child. Uh, you also see various merchants selling things. Uh, the, the crowd is heaving, the, the crowd is absolutely packed full of people. Um, it's sort of a wonder that anyone there uh, can can survive at all. I'm assuming I can't see the Tritons well enough to see that they look identical. No, you're too far away. Okay, I'm just checking. Um, but you do notice, um, so in this in this center center area around the Brack, there is the huge government building, um, and the government building was sent there was was built there symbolically. Um, at the sort of this meeting point of the three areas, stone, salt, and the river runs. Um, and in the middle of this government building, there's a huge tower, it's called the Royal Tower. And that's where the royal family live. And actually you do hear, you hear Trixie and Sam say, oh, there's a house, there's a house, hello house. Oh, um, I love them so much. And sort of on instinct, you, you look towards the tower um, and you can see a figure moving in the top room, but there shouldn't be anyone in there. Oh, I want to know who it is. Yeah, I mean, it's really far away. What? Which room is it? Uh, you know it to be uh, the king. It's the, it's the king's chamber, the royal chamber. Oh, no. At, at the very top of the tower. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's at the very top. You know the king is with you. And you know the king's number one is with you as well. It is too far away. It is a, it is a, a, a shadowed figure behind a window. I didn't expect you to draw that well, so have, have some free information. Oof, yeah, okay. Um, are there other guards on the boat? Oh yeah, so there's there's the four, there's the four ones like the, the Royal Corps. Yeah, no, not them. There's you. Not me. Because you're a bodyguard. Yeah, I know. And um, you know that there are workers in, in the body of the boat, but apart from that. So there's no other guards? You are, you are of such a high respected position that you are I mean, you know that you are the only member of, of Prince Marcus's retinue. Certainly, the, the member of the Royal Guard General that is that is the most trusted. Um, there are other members of the Royal Guard, of course. None of them are Triton. You are the only Triton member of the Royal Guard, um, and you know that they are all posted in the actual Brack area itself. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm gonna wave over one of the King's Guards to come down. You're gonna have to roll me a... A wave check. Yeah, you're gonna have to roll me a persuasion check. 
And bearing in mind, you, you know full well that these guards are told to stand there and defend their king. Those are their two directives. Oh, okay. Oh, then I wouldn't bother if I knew that that was their job. Okay. Like that is their job. If I know they're not going to move, then that would be dumb. They're like the royal guards at Buckingham Palace. Can I catch eyes with any of the guards around the brack? Yeah, so as, as the boat sort of comes in and, and, and it locks in place, uh, some of the guards do sort of come either side. Like the circle is complete, but don't let the riffraff in. Sort of vibe. How far am I high up on the boat, or is the boat quite low? Like how? You are equal. Oh, we're level with the ground. Yeah, now you are. Yeah. Oh bloody hell! I didn't realise that. Oof. Oh, this is a safety nightmare. We, sh- we should rebuild the bar. That's why That's why there are so many guards around. Oof. Okay, so there are guards that I can literally talk to. Yeah. Get a boat with a roof. Why is there not Why are you not in a boat with a roof right now? <laughs> he really is JFK right now. Okay, so I'm just going to grab one of the royal guards. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, go find some city guards. There is someone in the tower. And as far as I'm aware, there should be no one in the tower. You now have to roll me a persuasion check at advantage. Oof. I have seniority. Yeah. Oh, it is, I think, another, yeah, another dirty 20. Oh, lovely. Good rolls today, guys. And the guards straight into a salute. And um, yeah, so he he runs off in the direction you know to be the guardhouse. Like the the royal guard are all here, they're all present. They are sort of the elite. Um, Whereas the city guard during these celebrations still have to patrol the city because that's like their job. Um, but you can see him running off in the direction of, of the guardhouse. And then I'm going to go stand next to Marcus. You're going to go stand next to Marcus? Yeah, I'm going to tell him. You're going to tell him? Yeah, very quietly, in his ear. Okay. I'm just going to say, um, I think I saw someone in the Royal Tower, but I've sent some guards to go investigate. Are you trying to not have Lady Wellen here? Yes. Then you've got to roll me a stealth. And you got to roll me a stealth at disadvantage. Disadvantage? Like she's literally, she's literally just stood right behind his shoulder, man. Yeah, but this is also what she does as her job. Yeah. Like I do this a lot. Yeah, it's a disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> it is still an eighteen. Yeah, man, you do the, it. And, the D and D gods want this to happen. Suck it, Lady Wellen. <laughs> he, he, he imperceptibly changes his jaw, tightens ever so slightly. Mm. He sort of stands more rigidly, and his eyes sort of flick towards the tower and back. Um, as, as though he's on high alert. Mm. Roll me a perception check, one more. Ooh, that is a 22. From where you're stood, you do sort of see that the Royal Guard are, are spaced equally around the circle, um, and they are sort of met by the Triton Guard, mm-hmm. who are uh, members of the City Watch held in high esteem. Mm. And they are sort of mirrored on the other side of this circle. Um, and it is as the Tritons sort of come to meet, so the water dancers have now reached the brack. They've built the ice bridge, and it was effortless and wonderful. Um, and the crowd, the crowd love it. There's so, there's, there's so much patriotism going on here. There's, um, there's there's just really big celebratory vibes. Everyone's having a wonderful time. Um, there's a few beer merchants who've sort of already sold out of their huge kegs of beer. That they roll around on handcarts. <laughs> they're empty, and they're and now there are drunk people sort of standing on top of them, trying to trying to totter around. You notice in this crowd of people, Tala, you notice a triton with a scar over one eye and uh, and a tooth missing. Um, uh, as as his oh, clothes move, you, you notice um, over his forearms, where, where one would expect to see uh, tattoos that the triton guard have, mm-hmm. specifically triton that go from the elbow to the wrist, and um, you see 
massive, massive burn marks. Ooh, is that a tattoo to Would I know who this was, bearing in mind I've, I've been oh, in the Royal Guard for about five years and I've worked in the City oh, Guard for oh, like 15. You don't recognise this person as your alumni from the City Guard or the Royal Guard or the Triton Guard. Oh, he's like an but uncle, isn't he? You do recognise this person from that one time you were in that underground cave and you saw that thing you weren't supposed to see. <gasps> oh, it's the same one! Oh, you've just got a description. Oh, what did you see in the underground cave? <laughs> John, John, John. What did you see? What did you see, girl? Um, so you, you see that. Fuck. Oh, and, fuck. He, and he is looking at... You believe he's looking at, uh, at, uh, at Prince Marcus. You roll very well on your perception. Um, you believe he's looking at Prince Marcus and you can sort of see he's got a very purposeful walk moving through the crowd. He's sort of just moving between people almost. Is and he coming towards us? He's sort of meandering his way towards as though he's trying to not seem suspicious, but in trying to not seem suspicious, being very suspicious. He seems very suspicious. It's the sort of thing that only a high esteemed member of the city guard would ever notice. Ahem, royal guard? Yeah. Okay, what is the okay, what is the normal thing that the royal family would do at this part of the festival? Like what is would be the expected next steps? Because I assume I would know what that was. Uh, what is it what's expected next is that the royal family would go and go to the front of the government building, which is the side that the man is. Mm-hmm. Um and and they would they would join the uh join the Triton priestess in, a, in an embrace, signifying the harmony between the lands. And actually Marcus hasn't made, made a step forwards, but the Triton priestess has started to move around the circle. Okay, what normally happens to the kids? Do they just go with parents? Do they go with someone else? This is the first one that the kids have really been able to attend, uh, largely due to age, because they're, they're now sort of getting to that age where they're able to be independent and able to do stuff, whereas previously they would have had to have had someone fussing over them constantly. And we didn't get an extra guard. Who is running this operation? Because they're doing a terrible job. <laughs> I am left with four people to guard. This is not how Buckingham Palace works, I tell you that. No, I, I, I also agree. When I was planning this, I was like, this is a horrible idea. I don't know, <laughs> don't, know, don't know who signed off on this. People have shit ideas. Who are in charge? <laughs> That's why we're in the state we are in right now. The government makes bad, bad choices. <laughs> Does the king move or does the king stay on the barge? The king stays on the barge. You know it's the prince regent who will be doing the embrace today because the king is too frail to move. So the ki- so Lady Wellen comes with the prince? She would come with the prince, yes. And like it's assumed that the kids would come with them, but it's not happened before and no one's really discussed it because mm. they're royals and they don't do that sort of thing. Oh, okay. People do the thinking for them. the ins and outs of this high security risk issue. Literally. Like, like there are loads of guards in the Brack area, loads of guards. Okay, then no one organises. I'm just going to wave over another royal guard from wherever they're stood. Yeah, okay, you do so. Because um, you did so well the last time. And I guess then we are going to walk the normal route, but I will stay very close to the prince. I will instruct the other guard to guard the kids, and I will keep a very close eye on Mr. Shifty Man. Hendrix and Skylar, please roll me a perception check. You see a gorgeous blue woman with long white hair. <laughs> I don't think I do. I got a five. Incredible. <laughs> That's 23. Oof. Skyler, you're sort of, you're sort of like, okay, you're in a costume party. That's fine. <laughs> um, but you sort of turn to watch the, watch the, what's going on, because this is the first time you've seen anything like this, frankly. Um, and you, you notice this uh, Triton woman standing with what you assume to be a significant person. 
and this significant person then sort of goes to move around the boardwalk um, and you, you sort of, yeah, that's a royal person. Um, and you're aware of the huge, big building in front of you with, with a giant tower coming out the middle as well. And um, Hendrix, you're sort of, because you're so used to this sort of thing, you're like, yeah, this is happening around me, whatever. These are interesting people. These are weird people. I want to learn more about the weird people. Yeah, and he's in the middle of bending their ear because he's like, you know, because they were like, oh, but don't you think this guy is in everyone's pocket? Don't you think he's paid everyone off? And he's like, all right, I think you're being a little paranoid. I know that you're hunted. I know that that's going to get in your head. But not everyone in the city is going to be in the pocket of some smuggler guy. I think the best thing to do is go to the people in charge and tell them, hey, someone's trying to kill the prince. Someone's trying to kill the king. Don't you be doing it. You're on the run. That's all what right, he's in the middle of doing. Excuse me. I, just, I think we've got to just calm um, down. Skylar, Skylar, what, <laughs> <shut up. laughs> Skylar what you also see. Hendrix, shut up. Skylar, what you also see. Hendrix, that your name? I'm going to need you to shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, Skylar, you notice that the, the, the city guards, you guess they're wearing metal armor, they've got big swords, um, swapping places with these, with these blue people who are like holding spears and tridents you guess like it seems like a symbolic movement of like the guards from one side swapping with the guards of the other side awesome sort of swapping over and this swapping over happens pretty much tyler when you and uh prince marcus reach the, the front of the um well i i would have said to the arguing people right here um guys i think someone super important has just shown up whilst y'all are bickering so several things happen at once. The High Priestess and the Prince Regent join in an embrace, and it is a symbolic moment. And the crowd, crowd goes nuts because like the whole day has been building up to this moment, and it is and it is an embrace that is met by by cheering and, and a whooping and a hollering. Skylar and Tyler, there is the sound of breaking glass coming from high up in the main tower. There is the sound of uh, two children screaming. There is the sound of several gunshots. And both Skylar and Hendrix, you watch as as the guards cross over, you see uh, the four, four Triton guard um, take out a particularly vicious dagger and kill the four human guard as they are walking past them. And they just fall on the ground. Oh, that ain't good. <laughs> oh my God, they're not really Tritons, fuck. Why, hello there, weary traveller. Wanna pull up a chair and rest a while? This place? Oh, this is the middle bit. It's where I, Josh, talk to you, the listener, directly about social media, things to go and see, have a look at, give shout-outs, and generally disclose things to you. It's fine. There's no pressure. No dragons or goblins or gelatinous cubes here that are going to come and try and steal your gold. Just me with a nice hearty glass of Merlot and this rather quite nice jazz music going on. First I'd like to thank you for tuning in to our very first episode. Um, I appreciate the audio quality isn't great at this point but I, I promise you there are improvements coming in the very near future. Hold tight, grab some wine like I have if, if you need it just to, just to barrel on through. I promise it, it does get better. Now tell me, do you like mystery? Do you like comedy? Do you like terrifying podcasts about theme parks? 
If you answered yes to all these questions, then I can heartily recommend you listen to Mockery Manor by Longcat Media. Uh, the quality of the performances are top-notch, and it perfectly encapsulates the air of eerie suspense that one would usually find in like a, a shed filled with marionettes. It, it's the closest sort of likeness I can get to how, how wonderfully they, they capture the eeriness of, of being like a, like a run-down theme park, but it, it is really funny. It's it, it's it's just outstanding. Search Mockery Manor in your podcasting app and social media and you will find them. Trousers meowsers! <laughs> Next, I'd like to give a shout out because apparently that's something that you do in audio formats to my very good friend Aaron Waite and I'd like to wish him a huge congratulations on his recent bit of very good news indeed. That sounds very vague, but like, the news is so recent. I'm literally recording this part on the evening after he's received the good news and I don't want to spoil what that is for other people so congratulations to Aaron. Uh, while I'm here congratulating him you can find his production company on Facebook. Uh, search for Extreme Productions that's X-T-R-E-M-E Productions and you will perhaps come across a little video of him, me and a few others playing uh, Crash Pandas which is a wonderful game where you pretend to be a raccoon in a, um, in a drag race. It's It sounds insane, and that's because it is, and it's so much fun. So please do have a look for Extreme Productions and keep your eye out for that video coming soon. Thank you once again for listening to this little old podcast. If you feel so inclined, please do follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dyson Slice. That's at D-I-C-E-N-A-S-L-I-C-E. Dice in a slice. And now, back to the action. Tala, your head turns and you see this this guy that you saw before, the one with the scar of the eye and the teeth. Well, I've been watching him. Who you have been watching. Um, but you sort of turn to this moment of this, this embrace. I mean, the crowd's going wild. You don't turn at all. Okay, so you're watching this man and he seems to be watching. He's got a bit of a smirk on his face. Um, and almost as, as the royal procession goes past, he runs, runs in. Uh, one of the royal guards steps out with with a, with a great sword to sort of intercede. Um, but this guy effortlessly, there's there's a um, there's a scimitar that just comes from somewhere. <laughs> and the royal guard is eviscerated. Absolutely not. Absolutely is. Um, this royal guard is eviscerated, and this this man uh, scoops up Trixie in one arm and Sam in the other, and he just starts to run. I thought you were gesturing that he stabbed them, and I was like, no, "Wow, we no, just no, he, put this to an higher rating podcast." He's 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 oh he's God. scooped them up one one under each arm, and they are kicking and screaming. They are not having a good time. Um, you so you've seen a guard being cut in half. You've seen this man running off with his two kids. Government building's open, right? Government building is open. Yeah. Right. I'm going to tell the priestess and the prince get in the building, lock the doors, okay. and I'm going to run after the man. They look horrified, they look terrified, they nod and they go back in the building. Um, Lady Wellen also goes in the building, even though you didn't tell it to. <laughs> um, uh, Skylar and Hendricks, the four people who just killed the guard, turn on the... They, they, look, they look specifically at the three uh, not tritons with you and, and, and the young lady. They've got really quite malicious grins on their face. Uh, and one of the Tritons uh, says, ah, we finally found you, right? And like one of them starts like swinging a net in one arm. Two of them sort of start moving into position. One has a particularly nasty looking, uh, basically equivalent to a, to a short sword, 
um, and two of them have have uh, daggers that seem to be made of made of a very highly sharpened shell. Oh. What is the crowd doing? The crowd is screaming. The crowd is screaming and running as crowds are like to do. If you wanted to, you could use this as an opportunity to slope off with the crowd, to run away with the crowd. No, I just want to know what the crowd were, yeah, were doing. Um, and the crowd, well, the guards are busy being slaughtered, aren't they? So they're not doing much. Yeah, okay. and actually, as you, as you... Busy being slaughtered, Jesus as, Christ. As you look around to survey the sort of chaos, um, you do see, like, a lot of the royal guards are dying, not just ones that have got tritons near them. Skylar, you you notice that there are uh, there is a flurry of... Um, shot coming from the top of the royal tower right i would like to say is it initiative time not quite yet oh my god i'm so stressed right now why have you done this to us on the first game you're first tearing game. my entire life and workplace apart well you weren't exactly going to stay in your workplace were you or how are you going to join a group and go questing yeah, but there was other ways around that than killing off my colleagues. If you start with a solid job, that job's going to go up in flames. Day one. Got to create narrative tension. The children! Could someone please think of the children? Also, I'm freaking out about these tritons that are killing people. They can't be real tritons, and they more masky men. Oh my god, I'm stressed. Oh. I'm excited, I'm ready to rumble! So, there are these four tritons. Crowd is screaming. There's a, there's a whooping and a hollering. Hendrix would like to whip out his crossbow okay. and um, load it because he would like his 50 gold and his artisanal present and therefore he'd like to make sure he's seen helping fight alongside these guys. Sure. <laughs> We're here. I've been hired to help fight these guys. We're fighting them now. I want to make sure that they know I took part. So crossbow is out, bolt is in, standing like beside it. the weird animal people. Okay. Uh, what is Skylar doing at this crucial moment? Well, Skylar saw the kids being taken. Yes, he did. So his gut instinct is to follow that. Oh, Skylar. Okay. Um, so Skylar, you're gonna start running towards the sound of children yelling, a whooping yeah. and a hollering. Oh no. Um, and they are, and actually, you are aware that the sound of the screaming is coming towards you. Tyler, you are following this man, mm. this horrible, horrible man who has done unspeakable things far beyond stealing of children. Mm. Um, this is, in fact, a man that Tyler has been keeping her eye out for for quite some time. Um, Tyler, you did notice that Lady Welland didn't seem particularly upset or shocked at what was happening. Um, <laughs> that mother bitch. <laughs> that mother Lady bitch. Fucking knew it. And as you start sort of gaining on this guy, roll me an athletics check, please. Oh, yeah. Athletics. Oh, that is a 22. Oh, yeah, man. You are, you're chasing after this guy and like he is, he is weaving through the crowd. Even with these two kids, he is able to make quite light work of being able to sort of whoosh, whoosh, dodge, dip, dip, dive and dodge. Mm. Um, but you, you don't have time for that. You are just plowing through and I think you would probably enter some sort of fugue state or a rage of sorts. Ah, yes. I like to think of it as like my tsunami. Yeah, you feel you feel this almost like the blood of, of those who have lived before you in the sea and you feel your your blood coursing through your veins with, with all the fury of the tsunami. Yeah. Which is fun. It's like very focused and like 
very, very focused. And also, I, I like to think that, you know, she's a tall lady. People would probably be like, getting out of her fucking way. She's wielding this trident. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, Skylar, you see this guy running with his two kids in his arms coming towards you, um, followed by this furious, hulking isn't quite the right word, but it's that sort of vibe, Triton-S um, holding a massive bloody trident, bigger than a usual trident. Oh, shit. <laughs> and this guy with the kids is actually running straight towards well, you. Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> you. Actually, at this juncture, you haven't gotten too far from where Hendrix and the others were. And I would now like everyone to please roll initiative. Yay! Ooh! Right, so, did anyone roll between 20 and 25? Or 20? Me? What did you get? I got a 21. Nice. And I have such bad initiative. Did anyone get between 15 and 20? Yeah. What did you get? 16. 16, good roll. And what did Hendrix get, please? 13. Oh, you guys are good. You guys are fast. Okay. We're on it. We're here for this. You are. You're, car you're carb on it, mate. You're carb on it. <laughs> and then what is nice is that because I keep my various things in Excel, I can just sort from largest to smallest to find out who goes when. You're such a spreadsheet nerd. I, like I am. I bloody love a spreadsheet. So first in the initiative is Tara. Mm -hmm. Right. How far away is this guy? Uh, I would say he's probably about 10 feet in front of you. You've really made up the distance. Yeah. Um, okay. So in terms of reaching him and stabbing him, I, yeah. You could do that, yeah. Yeah. I'm just checking. Okay. He's holding a child in each arm. Yeah, but if I stab him in his back, if they fall to the ground, that's, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'd absolutely. rather they fell to the ground than were kidnapped and killed. Um, so I'm just gonna stab him clean in his back if I can. Yep. Okay, okay, yeah, so I am raging, tsunamiing, just to be clear. You've got your raging tsunami. Ooh, angry. You've got all um, the force of a raging f river? I don't know. <laughs> force of a, oh, that's typhoon, I don't know. Um, okay, yeah, so I'm gonna try and hit this man with my trident. Okay. Two-handed. Two-handed, wow. Mm, yeah, she's going for a. She wants to spear him. It's a big if, boop. Yeah, big boop. Big, big boop. Woohoo! It's a 25 to hit. Was that a nat 20? No, it was a 19. That hits, yeah, roll damage. Okay. So, so, so just, just for the uh, benefit of the podcast, I had forgotten we were recording. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have, I have spec'd. Uh, Trident's ever so slightly differently. I thought Trident's should be a bit stronger, so uh, so Tyler's Trident is 1d8 one-handed and 1d10 two-handed. Because that makes more sense. That makes more sense. You got more spikes in the spear. <laughs> so that is a 10. Okay. Plus 4. Yeah. Plus 2 because of my rage. Nice. So that is 16 damage you, total. You rolled max damage. Well done. The gods and, want me to spear this guy. We like the kids. The kids and you, are precious. You do manage to to spike him square in the back. He doesn't drop the kids, and, and he doesn't actually slow up his pace. He, he keeps. He, he... Is he stuck on my thing? No. He's impaled. Oh, that would have been incredible. That's what she was going to kill running on the end of the spike. She just wanted to impale him with it, so he like stopped moving. I guess I, I, I imagine it's like a two-handed jump, like a like that. 
and like yeah. like most people, yeah. like like a, a goodly spike from a trident is enough to certainly knock them on the floor, catch them off guard. Mm. I will say she she wouldn't have pulled it out, but if he runs and doesn't get stuck, but she wouldn't have pulled it out, she would have tried to get him to stop moving. Well, at the moment, the action has stopped with the spear in his back, but it's so the. the Damage uh, and combat, sorry, in, in 5e, each round is six seconds long. Yeah. Um, which makes sort of action a bit difficult to describe, but we'll, we'll try our best. Uh, okay. Next is Skylar. Okay. This guy is running towards you. He's just been stabbed in the back. He's got two kids in each arm. Right. Um, now, obviously, I don't know like how flexible we can be with stuff, but what do I have to do to just snatch those kids right out of the gong? <laughs> you would be doing a contested athletics check with him. You would have to do it one child at a time. Your strength mm. is minus one. Yeah, that ain't my strong point. What if I just stab him with my rapier? <laughs> you, you can stab him with your rapier, yes. Stab him, stab him, stab him, stab him. So please roll me a d20 and add your attack. We're gonna literally skewer this guy. We can make him a kebab. Pretty yes. kinky. <laughs> That's an eight. Uh, unfortunately, your, your rapier doesn't quite meet its mark. In fact, you you sort of you whoosh it out and you sort of make a lunge as you've seen so many people do before. Um, but like at the very last minute, you 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 scoot your aim because you, you're aware there are kids there. Yeah. You do not want to hit the kids. Yeah, that's almost certainly um, just he goes for it, but babies. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to hit no babies. And it's a moving target. That's hard. He is a moving target. You're right. And um, he's already been stabbed through the back by some weird blue lady. I'm sure you're very nice. It is now the turn of the uh, other tritons. Um, oh boy. Do you mean the ones killing the city guard? The the four that have turned on, on our ragtag group. Okay. So, Hendrix, you are stood with the, uh, the crow person, the cat person, the bull person, and the small yeah, person. Yeah, I'm, st I'm stood in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And basically, the the four are sort of it's sort of the four other tritons sort of hemmed you in against a wall. Um, and the first one that's going to go is the one that is spinning the net. Um, I used to have proficiency in nets, but then I traded it for cannons. Um, and he he <laughs> throws the net, and it goes uh, over the the small person. It, it sort of. And she's she's completely caught up in the net at this point. Um, oh, he's my artisan. It's going to make me a president. Oh no no no! Unfortunately, no, not today. The the way this this initiative has, has worked out is a lot of these pirates are one after another. I'm calling them pirates. Um, there's there's a Freudian slip for you. Um, wizard Pope. Yeah, Wizard Pope, <laughs> which is another in joke. Um, the one with the particularly nasty looking sword is now going to go for. Uh, he's actually going to go for the the Triton who you know to be a Minotaur. A brave man. But he, doesn't he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh. Um, and he he swings his swings his uh, rather cruel looking sword in, uh, and and it makes makes contact. And and as he does so, um, the the hat sort of comes off, <laughs> even though it's wedged in on horns. Like it doesn't fall off. It just sort of rides up the horns a little bit. And um, judging by the reaction of the crowd. Uh, the, the the illusion has been lifted entirely. Um, right. None of the Tritons seem to even bulk at that. It's like they, they knew, like they expected. Two more Tritons are going to make slashes of their 
daggers, uh, one of them connects with the uh, tabaxi person uh, doing that much damage. That's fine. Hendrix, it is now your turn. <laughs> Hendrix shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> All because a man propositioned you by the beach. That'll get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> How close is everyone to me? So, uh, with so the trident through the net is about 15 feet from you. Um, all the others are five to ten feet from you. Okay, including my allies, obviously. Your allies are very much around you. I love that they have become allies even after finding out that they possibly eat children. I don't know that. It's, it's rumour. I mean, isn't that what Josh said? Hendrix would know. Hendrix knows I know, about uh, I know that they are the victim of stigma. Oh, Hendrix! Eat children. Oh, you always know. you root for the for the little guy, don't you? A little bit. <laughs> Hendrix is the little guy. Oh. What he knows for certain is that they're going to give him fifty-five gold at least, and a present. 55. Yeah, because I've got a spell here, but it, it, it hits all creatures. So that would include these guys, like my good guys, right? It would, yes. That sucks. Ah, it's almost like warlocks don't have great control of their magic. Um, <laughs> oops. Yeah, everything I have attacks all creatures. Okay, so what I'd like to do then, because a crossbow is a two-handed weapon, but if I'm not firing it, do I have a hand free to do gestures? Yeah, I'll say that. Cool. So I would like to do a blade ward, please. Okay. Which is a cantrip. So I draw a um, ward sigil in the air, and to the mm. end of my next turn, I'm resistant to piercing, bludgeoning, and slashing damage from weapon attacks. Nice. You do that, and you are you are warded from from blades. And... He's just like right. So he's got like crossbow out right. Oh fucking shit! Does draws a askul symbol in the air, mutters some words, and I'd like to take my bonus action, please. Yes. What would you like to do with your bonus action? I would like to use grasp of the deep which Ooh. means I can magically summon a spectral tentacle that strikes at my foes. And that is as a bonus action. It is a bonus action. As a bonus action, you create a 10-foot-long tentacle at a point you see within 60 feet of you. The tentacle lasts for one minute or until you use this feature to create another tentacle. So blah, 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 blah. I can do a melee spell attack against a creature within 10 feet of the tentacle. And mm. if it hits, they take 1d8 cold or lightning damage, my choice. And their speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of my next turn. Cool. Right. So roll me a melee spell attack. Oh, which one are you going to be hitting? Sorry, which one are you going for? There's the guy that threw the net. There's a guy with a sword. And there's two guys with daggers. I guess the sword guys, when we need slowed down, right? Um, well, does the net guy have more nets? Is my question. The net guy seems to have a large bag filled with nets. I'm going to get the net guy. I'm going to get the net guy. Let's do it. Come on, spell. <laughs> you fuck up as much as I. That was a 14. 14. Yeah, hits. Hits the net guy. Roll damage. Nice. All right. Beautiful. So, D8. Five. Ooh, cold or lightning? I would like to do five lightning damage, please. That's more fun. Nice. So um, this this tentacle sort of... Actually, I like to think that it, it sort of almost comes out of a body of water nearby. Ooh, so this, yeah, this tentacle nice. almost like there's a shadow that comes from the bracket. It comes up next to this guy with the net. It comes up and it just sort of... And there's like a crackle of lightning. Thunder. As it, yeah. as, it, as it smacks it. And the guy looks indignant that he's been slapped by a tentacle. Yes! Um, and, he, and he points at you, because you're the damp-looking one. 
Um, it is now the 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 assailant's turn, and the assailant is just going to try and barge through Skylar. Skylar, I need you to make. Please roll me an acrobatics check. Yeah. That's a sixteen. Uh, so this this guy with kid in either arm sort of tries to barge through you, but you you sort of quite impressed um, with yourself. You sort of just step nimbly out the side, uh, and you stick out a foot, and you sort of catch him off guard. Yeah. And he, he doesn't he isn't able to sort of get a stride up. But Tala, he's just left melee range. Oh, I get an attack of opportunity. You get an attack of opportunity, and Skylar, you also get what's known as an attack of opportunity. So when when an enemy leaves melee range. Um, you are able, as a reaction, you get one reaction per turn to make an attack against them because they have left melee range and themselves open to attack. I'm sorry, I thought you were just trying to tell me he'd left my melee range and I was really sad that I then couldn't hit him, but now I understand you were hinting. That is an 18 to hit? 18 does hit, please roll damage. Okay, so that is seven damage. Do I still get plus two for my rage? Yeah, you are raging. So that is nine damage. But also, because of my sentinel feet, mm-hmm. um, his speed is now zero for the rest of the turn. Yeah, so you you sort of plunge your spear in, and it actually manages to catch the barbs at the end of it, particularly vicious on your spear. Um, and you just sort of catch him, and, and he sort of manages to pull out of the of the spear, but in staggering forwards, he then loses any momentum he would have had. Skylar, you may make an attack if you would like. Can I use green flame blade? Um, no, you cannot, because that is a, that, that would be a different... Actually, let me just double check something. It's a cantrip that I need to be able to use with a melee weapon, which is what I'm using currently. It's, I think it's whether you'd be able to cast the cantrip as well as then make a melee attack. It, it's, it's what you do as part of a melee it's, attack. It's, it's as ah. part of a melee attack. You know what, I'm going to allow it. I'm going to say that you can use green flame... Green... Green flame blade green as a... Green flame blade. As a... As, as one of them, yeah, absolutely. Uh, remind me what it does. Just for everyone's recap, as part of the action used to cast this spell, you must make a melee attack with a weapon against one creature within the spell's range, otherwise mm-hmm. the spell fails. On a hit, the target suffers the attack's normal effects and a green fire leaps from the target to a different creature of your choice that you can see within five feet of it. The second creature takes fire damage equal to your spell casting ability modifier. This spell's damage increases when you get a higher level. Cool. Okay. Um, what is the other creature you're going to be jumping the flame to? One of the guys with the nets. They are quite far. What I'll say uh, is, one of the, what I'll say is, it's, it'll, it'll be one of the dagger guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of the dagger guys. That's. I'll, I'll allow that. So roll, roll an attack. Woo-hoo-hoo. Okay. That is more like it. That is a 23. To hit. Yeah, that hits. Um, So roll me me the melee damage against uh, this guy first. So that is a 9. So he will take 9 piercing damage. And now, please, your your spellcasting ability modifier, I believe, is intelligence. Yeah, it's a 1. It's a 1, but that is 1 damage that that guy takes. Yeah. That may make a difference. This oh, yeah. guy has got a butt ton of health, just FYI. Yeah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> he's strong. Yeah, he is. Um, Tyler, it's your turn. Oh my gosh, it's my turn. It's your turn. Oof. 
Um, um, what I will say is, as as um, as Skyler's rapier meets its mark, uh, this guy does drop the two kids, um, and they are they are now essentially yeah. prone. On the floor. They're essentially what? Sorry. Prone on the floor. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to tell them to stay there. I know they're prone, so they can't move. But yeah, I'm going to tell them to stay there, and I'm going to boop them again. Okay. Roll me, roll me a boop. That well-known spell. That is a 15 to hit. 15 doesn't quite hit, unfortunately. Um, as this guy sort of staggers forwards and he, and he staggers again when he's been pierced by uh, by Skylar's blade, you then try and make another two-handed, like a proper pitch-forking of your, with your trident, um, but you just sort of crash against the cobbles. A little bit too close for comfort near the kids, actually. Skylar, it is now your turn. Why, thank you. I think I want to get the kids out the way. Okay. I want to yeah. just snatch them up and carry them off to to one side. What I'll say is, as as your turn, you can you can take you can take the kids up and, and move them across um, to a to a safer space. Am I able to move the kids and then in the cover of the crowd, take out my crossbow and shoot a guy? What I'll say is you can grab the kids, you can move the kids to somewhere safe and then you can get your crossbow out in in preparation to be able to hit the guy. And yep. what I'll do is I'll give you advantage on your next hit. Brilliant, because yeah, I was going to use Skulker as well so that I'm in light cover. Light cover. You are you are lightly covered by people. Um, it is now the turn of the nets and swords and dagger folk. Uh, obviously, Skylar does grab the kids by the arms. Tali, you see this um, as he sort of moves them off to a safe area and then takes. But he's not so friendly. Like, You're also I someone who I've never seen. You're not from around here. She is a high royal guard, and you've just taken the royal children. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying she hates you, but she's definitely not comfortable I, with what's I going understand. on. Understand? I I get it. I'm just. <laughs> I'm not from here. I'm just trying to help. These kids are upset. Come on, children, over here. Um, <laughs> so the, the guy with the nets throws another net and it lands on the uh, on the kenku, on the crow person, who is, is now uh, within a net. Um, the small person, unfortunately, does not break out of her net. Oh no. But the guy with the sword also doesn't make contact, which is good. Um, the two people with daggers, one of them, in fact, um, initially turns to try and get Skylar, who's now sort of moved away. Whoa, wait um, a second. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but they see Tala there, so they're going to sort of turn around and get to the side of Tala and try and jab Tala with a dagger. Yeah, come at me, bitch. <laughs> bitch. Bitch. Does a 16 hit. Ooh, meets it, so it beats it. Mm, damn. It's all right, it's not going to be that much damage. That's fine, I've got resistance to piercing and slashing and bludgeoning. That's five piercing damage. They rolled really well. So did they roll a 10? No, they, they rolled they rolled a four plus one. Oh, but I'm resistant, so that okay, means... Okay, so you're resistant, half? so you take half rounded down is what I'm going to go with this one. That'll be the ruling. So you take two piercing damage. Two and what do I have? Oh, I'm so soft and squishy. Okay. And the guy, yeah, exactly. And the guy with the other dagger is going to go. Where is my D20? And the, and the other guy with a dagger is going to try and hit the tabaxi, the cat person, um, no. and manages to rolls 
quite well. And does a little bit of damage. You sort of hear, hear, hear the hear the tobacco snarl through gritted teeth. Um, I forgot to give them a turn, but I'm going to say that the the remaining to so the tabaxi and the minotaur will spend their turn uh, trying to get their compatriots out of nets, um, and they're Aww. going to try and slash them out. Let's see how well they do. That's sweet that they're oh, staying no. to help. Okay. They're not running away. Uh, they do both start to slash away with their swords. Uh, they're well, a whole pirate community. One has a rapier. It doesn't quite manage to break through all of the netting. The other one has a long sword, which he's going to wield two-handed, which doesn't quite break through the net either, but they are they are certainly making movements in that direction. When the tabaxi is stabbed, he sort of snarls and turns at the guy, but, but still keeps trying to slash away at this net. Hendrix, it's your turn. Two of your compatriots have been netted. Two of them are trying to free them. You've got a tentacle out in the field. Oh, so remind me, so the net guy, what was the net guy? What did he just do? He just threw a net. <laughs> On his last turn, what did he just do? Because he... he... He threw another net. He got out another net and, and threw it at the, at the, at the Kenku. Okay, cool, because I thought he turned towards me after I zapped him, because... He did, but he's got a he's got a job to do. Got a job. Excellent. That's cool. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't in some sort of... Is he moving 10 feet slower? He better be moving 10 feet slower when he threw he's, that net. He's not moving at all. Damn him! <laughs> Okay, um, all right, so people are focusing on them rather than me. I know that's not going to last after I do... Well, you're, you're just so him. damp. Yep. Is but that a man? Like, Is that a puddle? How do we tell? Yeah. He's like, it, okay. It gonna, he's like, I'm not going to get paid if these guys all get taken to a zoo. So, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't even know what the zoo is. We're like, they're going to take him to the zoo. So that net guy, Mm. I am going to, um, I'm going to send him a cheeky little eldritch blast. Oh, go on then. Yeah. Cheeky little blast. Blast him. So roll me, uh, roll me a spell attack plus your spell attack bonus. Oh, why am I rolling so shit suddenly? It's a nine, that's a 15. That hits, roll damage. Yes! Damage! Where's it? A d10. Eh, that's a six. It's pretty... I don't a thing to that, do I? It's just the one d10. You know what? I am just double checking that because I don't want to make sure I've got everything wrong. Calculating spell damage. Do you add your spell modifier to your spell damage? You know? No, spell does the damage that it does. Yeah. Unless unless, unless a class feature suggests otherwise. Okay, so I do six whole. Six um, force damage to net guy. Damage, yes. Um, so the net guy is hit. one. The net guy is hit by struck by a sad damp man, <laughs> and um, and he just falls backwards. <laughs> On the floor. Yeah, beautiful. Um, God, he was squishy. Oh yeah, they, they are. They're goons, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> goons. goons fighting level one characters. They're going to be right. my you, guy's not got, a goon. Get away from my victory! You did well, Hendrix. Like I'm like blown away by you. Well, thank you. You know, it's just a little bit of tentacle here, a little bit of blasted nerve. 
bit of eldritch magic. Tentacle here, blast there. You a know. little bit of tentacle on my you know, side. Study in a sea cave, dedicating my life to being able to do these few cantrips. <laughs> I mean, I respect. It's a, it's a long quip to make, but it's a quip nonetheless. <laughs> so, I love um. It. So, uh, so I've action. got down. Bonus action, I'd like to bloop, 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 move my tentacle, please. Yes. I can move it uh, within... You've got a sword um, guy and you've got two dagger guys that you could conceivably move it to. Cool. So, yes, or, I can... actually, I will say you can move it to the main guy as well. Excellent. Yeah, I can move it within 30 feet, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty oh, yeah. flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sword guy, dagger guys, and I think the main guy, they're kind of dealing with the main guy. He's kind of like trying to defend the group against the guys directly attacking them. Because it's like, mm -hmm. right, you, you brought me along to do some spells and help you out. Let's <laughs> get these guys, you know, that's all happening. I can't see very well. That's all happening over there. I don't know. <laughs> I barely know that's happening. To be um, fair, yeah, I was going to say, you're probably not very aware. Very edge of your vision. Like, I've got four guys attacking me. I don't know what's happening over there. You just um, saw Skylar run away. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what's happening, but um, wow, so I'm, you get the sword guy, please. Okay, please, um, Romy, uh, uh, spell attack. Rolling a whole below tens now. That is a fourteen. That still hits. Ah! Uh, roll Break damage, it. please. I'm scraping. Um, one d eight. That's a two. <laughs> yes. Two lightning damage. So it's two two lightning damage is better than no lightning damage. And this guy, this this guy turns to see his fallen colleague, turns to look at you, gets slapped by a tentacle across the face, um, and sort of seems to be slightly lightly electrified. Um, and then they say warlord just can't do anything. <laughs> um, it is now the turn of the main guy, who is going to stand up. And he is going to turn to Skylar, who has run away, and he. I mean, I am hidden in the crowd. Is you his are, movement still zero? You are lightly obscured. His movement is no longer zero. Okay. Because it's now his turn again. And ah, okay. Still within melee range of Tala. Um, and he is going to uh, remove his maul. He has a maul. He's going to take that off his back because um, he sees you're big and sometimes uh, Scimitar just won't cut it. I'm not intended. Pun slightly Wait. Oh. Don't you boo me. Don't boo <laughs> me, I've seen what makes you cheer. Okay. So, Tala, he is going to try and roll a big boop. Now, does a 14 hit. It does not suck it. And does a 23 hit. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> of course a 23 hits. What level one character have you ever met with 23 armor class? You wanted to hear you say it, honey. <laughs> you all suck it. You are, you know. <laughs> I didn't expect him to try and hit me twice. That's mean. That is 11 bludgeoning damage. Is that half? That is half because you are raging. As in, have you given me the halved number is what I was asking? No, no, I haven't given you the halved number. Okay, so it's five? Ooh. Yeah, five. This guy is asking for trouble. And he's now sort of standing directly in front of you. How does he look in terms of, I mean, he's been hit. I mean, he's, he's bleeding a lot out of his yeah. sort of chest, abdomen area. He's not in a particularly good shape. Okay. 
but he's... I'm just making sure that he doesn't look like he's barely been scratched. What, what, yeah, I, really what I will say is that he does seem as though like his armor has taken the brunt of a lot of this damage, um, and he certainly seems to be a bit more resilient than his than his goons. Yeah. He might have worked out. Um, <laughs> and that is his turn. It is back at the order. It is now Tala's turn. I am going to boop him back. Okay. It's now just an exchange of boops. It is. It is just boop, 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 boop. Oh, that is a 23 to hit. That does hit, you'll be pleased to know. Okay. That is another three, which is a seven, plus my two is another nine. And whereabouts are you hitting him? Not that it matters. Asking for a bit of flavour. Um, she would probably try and pierce him in between where his armour is, like either at the bottom of his stomach or the top of his chest. Like she's going to go for somewhere where there's okay, a gap. You, you're sort of getting good in the gut. And like he, he lets out an audible <clears throat> sound um, as, as you do so. Tara and Skylar, you notice that... Uh, well, Skylar, you notice it, it's the woman in the red robe, the red the red dress, is sort of moving towards the, the melee. Um, Tyler, you sort of catch out the corner of your eye, Lady Wellin, uh, moving over towards the area. It is now Skylar's turn. Skylar, you have your crossbow. Yeah, I would like to shoot at, like, dagger guy. Oh, net guy! Net, guy's, net, net guy's already been taken out. I'll shoot him again! You shoot Just him again? shoot him again! <laughs> you, we will I mean, hate that guy! <laughs> no, I'll shoot, I'll shoot one of the dagger guys. Okay, you can shoot the dagger guy who you previously hit with your green flame blade. Yeah, he's I'll get him. He's, he's my roll me. bitch now. <laughs> it's real life, baby. Uh, please roll me a d20. Uh, add your attack bonus. Oh, bitch. That is a 25. Oh, good damage. Okay, no, good. Now roll me damage. Sorry. So that then is a nine. <laughs> Good hit. And you like you you sort of bring it up and it's it's expert marksmanship at this point. You squeeze the trigger and this bolt flies through the air, penetrating this guy's chest armor. And it's it's a bullseye heart shot. This guy doesn't quite go down, but he looks like he looks like he's in a great deal of pain. <laughs> That's you've, a real shame. You've caused him abject misery. Oh, amazing. Like it's, it, is, it is a shot it's that will not heal. It's honey. It will not heal. Um, Sword Guy is going to dash over to his fallen comrade and pick up a net. Um, which he oh, is now you're net guy. Yeah, I know, right? Guess what? Everybody loves to shoot at a net guy. Mm-hmm. And he's <laughs> he sort of hears that, turns shakes his head, uh, spins a net, and throws it at um, at the tabaxi. Yeah. And, uh, and and you see this net sort of arc through the air, spinning. Now, this is not the first guy this guy's thrown a net. And it lands over the tabaxi, who then, much like a cat inside a, a vet crate, for example, um, is sort of turning into a whirling dervish inside the net. Um, it, is, it is the healthiest dagger guy's turn. Um, and he is going to turn to his comrade and see there's a bolt in his chest and look in the direction of the chest and he's going to throw his dagger at Skylar. <gasps> Come at me, bitch. That is a dirty 20. 
Ooh. Ooh, shit. Yeah, that does hit. <laughs> come at me, bitch. Oh, you did. Oh. oh, he did come at me. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I'm never going to financially recover. <laughs> that, is, that is five piercing damage. What? It's five piercing damage from the dagger. Oh. It is now the, the remaining dagger guy's turn. He's crying. He's in so much pain, he is crying and howling, and like there's, there's silver tears against his blue skin. Can I can I just ask what what so he he threw a, a dagger at me? Yeah. Did he? Hit you square in the shoulder. Ooh. Really oh, fucking hurt. <laughs> Knowing what I know about your your half points, that really hurt. I tr- I, tr- I tried to say that without sounding like slightly aroused by it, but so it didn't. Five, so I'm left with six hit points. It is it is now it, it is the weeping dagger guy's turn, um, and he he's gonna uh, following uh, following what the the main guy is doing and sort of seeing what's happening around, seeing his colleagues sort of falling down around him. Uh, he is gonna sort of limp over to net guy, um, pull a net out of the bag and fling it at the remaining member of your um, party here. He's gonna, he's gonna throw it at the uh, at the Minotaur, right. who is the last one of, of that particular Motley crew. Uh, he flings it. Oh, but it, it skies, it goes over. He flings the net and it just soars like a butterfly high in the sky, like can go twice as high. Um, does it land on Lady Wellen? <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it, uh, it actually clatters behind Hendrix against a building. Okay. Uh, Hendrix, it's your it's your turn. Right. There is one sad dagger guy. There is a daggerless guy and a and a swordless guy. All right. Well, it's no point blade warding then, is there? Because there's not many people with blades left. <laughs> not many blades to ward against. Not many blades to ward against. It's just sad dagger guy who I might, might have to take out. I can kind of see like, Hendrix just being like. You know what, bugger this, and I'm just going to shoot sad dagger guy with my crossbow. Okay, cool, do it. Um, roll me an attack. Oh, poor sad dagger guy. I feel sorry for him. I don't. <laughs> That's what he wants you to feel. I feel no guilt. He's ruined our festival. I'm so angry. I'm so stressed. Uh, 15. It's roll damage. In fact, you don't even need to roll damage, but do it anyway. Wonderful. Well, it's something plus three at least, so... It's six. Um, so you you sort of whip your crossbow off off your back, bring it up, level it, squeeze the trigger, and you feel as though as you squeeze the trigger, this guy dies. Um, whereabouts are you aiming on him? Just to kill him. <laughs> His little toe. You see where the bolt had originally gone straight in the stern, a, a real bullseye shot. And mm. you use this as a marker, you sort of level, level your crossbow, you squeeze the trigger goes in and your bolt pushes in the existing bolt further straight into this guy's heart and, and, and he just we're like the perfect team he just falls falls backwards we're um, like robin hood my bolt will go far <laughs> so to tentacle slap the swordless man that i'm already tentacle slapping please yes slap him once and him around again yeah it's like the german shoe splatter swordless guy cool roll damage roll, roll to hit sorry 14 again hits Six. Six damage, good damage. Um, as, this, as this tentacle, rippling with, with lightning energy, strikes him and his hair, what, well, there isn't much hair, but like the hair that he has does sort of stand on end. He looks quite badly electrocuted. He looks more electrocuted than he does slapped. 
Um, it is now the guy's turn and the guy is going to spend his action to disengage from Tala. That gives me an attack of opportunity, bitch. Even if he disengages. Even if he disengages because of my sentinel feat. Which is a fun feature. I let all of the players take a feature at the beginning. And obviously Hendrix has two features because Hendrix is a variant human. So please yeah. make an opportunity attack against him if you would like. Yeah, it says creatures within your reach provoke opportunity attacks even if they took the disengage action. I was so hoping he was going to disengage. Did you say he was looking behind me? Yes. Above In the shoulder. direction of Lady Wellen? Yeah. He's not going to get there. I'm so determined. <laughs> oh, that is a 16 to hit. So you sort of lunge forward with, with, with your trident, but he sort of just ducks. Uh, he's sort of like like how Skylar very effortlessly sort of moved out of his way when he was trying to shove Skylar. In the same way, this guy sort of just sort of fakes one side and then ducks out the other way as your trident sort of soars past him. Um, he then steps backwards towards uh, what remains of his comrades, but he doesn't seem to be leaving as much as he sort of stands expectantly with his maul, um, as though he's standing to attention almost. Uh, Tyler, it's your turn. So what is Lady Wellen doing? Did you say she's walking towards us? Yeah, you saw it at the corner of your eye, yeah. So he's now just standing there? Mm-hmm. How far away is he? I mean, he's about 15 feet, if that. He's abiding by social distancing. Yeah. He is. Why is he standing to... Oh, I'm so anxious. Yeah, I'm just gonna go and try and hit him again. Okay. I'm gonna do that roll, thing. Roll to hit. Oh no, that is an eight to hit. Does not hit, unfortunately. We even have any fun bonus actions yet. Not yet, but you will. Oh, you will. I know, I want to get to them now. Um, okay, is that your turn? Ooh. I'm going to yell to mm. Skylar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, do not let those kids out of your sight. Uh, it is Skylar's turn. I was already taking aim. I was like, I let the kids out of my sight. Skylar's taking aim, so Skylar, please please um, tell me what you're aiming at. Can I, as my movement, check to see where the kids are? You can check to see where the kids are as a free action. Um, initially, you cannot see them. If you would like to look for them harder, that will then be your action. That'll be the search action. Fuck, okay. What would Skylar do? No, he's gonna look for the kids. Okay, uh, please roll me oh. a perception check. I love you, Skylar. Tala loves you. Skylar's a good boy. He is a good boy. So, that is an 18. Yeah, you, you look around, um, like, where, where the damn kids go? Um, and you, you see them running towards the woman in the, in the red dress. They are crying, they are panicked, they are running towards uh, a, a regal-looking woman in a red dress with a very pale skin and long black hair. So he is going to point, because so he's been shouted at, and he's like, they're running towards that lady. Entirely you hear that, um, but there's no no reaction. I can't do can anything take. yet. No, um, it, is now, it, it is now the swordless guy's turn, and he is going to throw a net towards Hendrix. <laughs> How dare he? I bitch slap him so hard with my tentacles. You've been butchered his friends. Yeah, you've been doing damage to his buddies. How dare he? Does an eight hit? Very <laughs> dare he. Well, that's fine. An eight does not hit. Again, this, this oh, net, he doesn't, because of his slappage, um, he's not able to get as much purchase on, on the net as he would like to 
with regards to throwing it. It's bit disorienting. Um, and it sort of, it doesn't form this lovely circle in the sky that, that necks do before they land on people. It's just sort of like a thrown bit of rag. It just sort of falls limply at your feet. <laughs> with disdain, because, I mean, because Hendrix used to be a sailor. Yeah. You know, so even though I didn't take proficiency in nets in the end, I just see people throw nets. He's thrown nets. So he just looks at that with just such disdain. It looks at the guy as like, oh, friend. You gotta do better than that. <laughs> That's just shameful. And the one without a dagger is gonna pick up a net and he's gonna throw it at the Minotaur who didn't get netted last time and doesn't get netted this time. Um, the Minotaur is is now sort of surrounded by a dead net. A, a dead net. Um, he, you, you can hear the the Tabaxi uh, sort of turn to him and and, and say, nah, just get them, just get them." Um, and, and the monitor sort of takes his, his sword and he goes to make a, like a, a round slash towards the uh, sword-wielding guy. Oh yeah, and he bisects him. I'm not, I don't even need to roll damage because that was a critical hit. Yes, Minotaur! Um, and like literally, where where there where there was one sword guy, there are now two half sword guys. He slices him right across the diagonal from shoulder to hip. So these sword guys, they're tritons. Fuck, and they're real tritons. Yeah, uh, Hendrix, it's your turn. Right. So, guy who threw a net at me. Yeah, he dead now. Oh well. <laughs> Wait, is he dead? He's not dead. Yeah, the sword He died. just died. Oh, he's, fuck, he's, he's the one who just got sworded. He just got bisected, okay, yeah. Well, at least I sassed him right before he That's died. That's true. The last thing he ever heard was... You've got to do better, do better than, than that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he'll never get the chance. Ah, so sorry, who's alive still? Uh, you've got, you got Dagger Guy and you've got Main Guy. Uh, main Guy, yeah, Main Guy's like a whole other situation. Well, he's just come into your area, though. Right. He moved towards where all your guys were. All right. So there's only one dagger guy left. Hendrix has been clearing these guys out. It is incredible. I'm going to earn that 50 gold. <laughs> <laughs> dagger guy, two. Mm-hmm. I will just... It's so nice having a bonus action where I just get to bitch stab people with tentacles. It's so it's cool. It's incredible. It's very, it's very Hendrix. It's so satisfying. So entertaining. It's what you get if you make a deal with Axel. Mm. <laughs> Stop trying to bring me over to Axel's side, okay? It's so good. You get tentacles. <laughs> yeah, Luska gives me breathing underwater. Okay. Right, as main guy is here, and main guy is mean, mm. Hendrix is going to do another blade ward because that's what he'd do. You know, okay. like he's a fighty guy, but he's also a cautious guy. He's like, right, you know what? Fuck it. That guy looks mean. That guy looks <laughs> scary. <laughs> so he. So yeah, he's um he's just shot a guy with a crossbow bolt. He's just bit some people with tentacles. Now he just does another he lowers his crossbow, does another blade sigil in the oh, air. Nervous as hell. It's it's good. It's classic. Don't mess with the classics. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta not be stabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and as my bonus action, I'd like to slap someone with a tentacle. So I'm gonna try and take out Dagger Guy. I don't know if he's injured or not, is that he? Dagger Guy actually hasn't been hit once. He's, he's, oh, looking, he, he's looking traumatized, like for seeing so much of his comrades dying. Um, but apart from that, it's fine. Oh, still, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and slap him. Yeah, yeah, please yeah. Roll, roll to hit. Hey, that's more like it. That's a 22. Ooh, that hits. Yeah. Boy, howdy does that hit. Roll, oh, uh, roll me that D8. Four. That's, <laughs> hey, that's better than no damage. Is that lightning damage as well? That uh, is lightning damage, please. Yeah, 
so you, you conjure blade ward and this guy with a dagger sort of gives you a quizzical look and sort of before you can even finish the quizzical look there's just one of these tentacles just like <laughs> across the face um and where, where, where the tentacle once was there's like some little sucker marks that have got little lightning spreads inside them. Yeah. not that hendrix can see it because he's got bad eyes um, <laughs> the guy i already know is there <laughs> just not i've got not, not much peripheral vision um it is it is the uh the, the main guy's turn um he's going to turn his head towards hendrix who he hadn't actually noticed um, and I was kind of hoping if I didn't slap him with a tentacle, he still wouldn't particularly yep. notice. Well, he's now me. close enough to like hear his men getting slapped by a tentacle, and oh, hear yeah. you making sassy yeah. remarks across so the way. So he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna grasp grasp them all in, in both hands, and he's gonna charge towards you to make a two handed strike. What the fuck? Um, Tyler, didn't, didn't you get into melee range of him? Yes, he's in melee range of me, he so is. I get to boop him. You do. Roll, roll to hit. Please boop him. Roll to boop. Ah, oh, yes. It's a six, four, 22 to hit. Ooh, yeah, that hits. Roll I've missed like three times in a row now. Roll damage. So I'm really happy. Come on. Okay, that is 10, 12 damage. 12 damage, that is a lot of damage. Wowie. I'm so angry. My rage is like mega rage right now. Yeah, it is. Um, I've not been keeping track of turns, but we'll say that your rage is continuing because I say so. Um, it's kids. Kids gets like double yeah, rage, surely. It's fine. We'll get more into rules and Emotional. stuff Emotional. <laughs> People <laughs> listening are just like going nuts at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you play Thunders and Dragons! Her rage ended four turns ago! <laughs> I am raging. I feel it in my soul. Okay? We love you listeners. Please subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Ala, you booked him. You booked him with the trident, stopping his movement. So he's now going to turn to you, looking like real pissed off. And he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? He is still alive." He's going to take his action. Yeah, he's going to take his action to book you. Who the fuck is this guy? I'm sorry. I have done at least nine plus nine is eighteen plus sixteen plus twelve alone, and Jazz has hit him as well. What about his armor, though? Regardless, this I is mean, insane. Oh, Tyler, I'm so sorry. He got a fucking crit, didn't he? He did. I'm so angry. <sighs> fucking bring it on, man. Right. Who is this man? Hang oh, on. oh my god, I forgot as well. I'm really nearly dead, guys. What? What? You didn't mention that. I don't actually think I've worked that out right. Have I? Have I just been writing numbers down wrong? I don't actually know what my health is right now. It's fine. You better check. <laughs> How much did he do? Oh no. I, I wrote down the number damage he did, not my health. But my health is still pretty low. I'm dead, aren't I? I can see it on Josh's fucking face. You're not dead, you're unconscious. How do you know? Um, well, you are, you, no, that, that's that's not fair of me to assume. Um, you will have to do the resistance halving. Um, so that's 13 bludgeoning damage. Uh, 13 plus three bludgeoning damage, so that's 16 bludgeoning damage. So half that's eight. Half that's eight. <gasps> I'm still alive, bitch. You're still alive? Uh, Don't wow. fucking come for me. But he really needs to... Oh, hang on a mo. What? Don't worry, guys, I'll be fine. <laughs> Tyler's okay. a chunky girl. I'm impressed. It is actually Tyler's turn. Right, okay. Would you let me, as a as a like, little sneaky bonus action, rub some salve on myself? Uh, does it say as a bonus action or does it say as an action? Mm, it does say as an action, you're right. Oh, there you go. I didn't read the small print. Okay, how does this guy look health-wise? Well, he looks bad. He looks pissed off. He looks like everything he's doing is no. sarcastic at this point. No, 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 no. Pissed off or like he's close to death? Like he's fighting for his life. 
Right. <gasps> you don't die. Don't die first game. I can't let him live. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to try and boop him. You could just heal yourself up a bit and let one of us boop him. I know, but she wouldn't. Or would she? Barbarians. Yeah, barbarians. If you take your action to administer your salve, you will lose your rage. Oh. Unless you take damage on this turn. Which you could do. Can you afford the oh, damage? Yeah. I mean, how much damage can you take? I don't know what the situation is. <gasps> no! 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 But if I kill him on this turn, I'll be fine. I'm going to boop him. Okay. He looks like he's fighting for his life. That is what you said to me. I did. Okay. All right. She's so angry. The kids, she's stressed. There's death. There's tritons killing people. Oh, it's a dirty 20 to hit. That does, in fact, hit. Roll damage. I sound like a gremlin. I'm sorry, listeners. That is... Three plus seven. It's another nine damage. Whereabouts do you hit him? I imagine she's going to try and hit him kind of where his collarbone is, like where your neck, what, right the of your neck is exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Right oh. in there. Like going, you're hitting for that main artery. Aren't you? She's just, just going to lift it and like. And it does, and like all three prongs into his neck, and you feel his body sort of shudder, and then go very limp at the end of your trident. Um, there is still one guy remaining, a dagger guy. Is he dead? Oh yeah, he's dead. Okay, because you've been very vague yes. about it and you weren't asking me how <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. it, so I thought I've still not killed him. He went limp, guys. Yes, but what if that's just a trick? No, he's dead. Oh, oh, loose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done, Tala. Well done, guys. Oh, well done, you two. You took him out. You guys get like you guys deal with the bosses and whatever, and I'll do like crowd control and take out all the little moves. That is <laughs> that is excellent, excellent, excellent strategy. <laughs> boop, 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 moving through all the goons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I still have my movement. Sorry, Indeed, yeah. I want to move to where the kids are. Uh, you don't. You know the kids are moving towards Lady Wellin, so you can yeah, head, you can head towards. Skylar pointed them out to me. Yeah, that's fine. So you, you, you move towards the kids. He's kind of like, going, I can stop them, but I mean, it looks like they're running towards their mom, and I don't want to get in the middle of that. <laughs> you don't quite run to them. Okay. Um, Skylar, it is your turn. I'm going to shoot Dagger Guy. Okay. Um, that guy isn't looking at you, and you are obscured by the crowd, so I'm going to say this is a sneak attack. So you can, add your, you can add your sneak attack modifier to this one, which is 1d6, I believe. So you, you roll your attack as normal. Okay, so that's a 19. That does in fact hit. So now you will roll your damage and you'll add a d6 on top of that because Ooh. it is a sneak attack. Okay, that's a 10. 10 damage. As this last bolt flies through from your crossbow, impacting with the side uh, of this guy's skull. Short bow. Short bow, I do apologize if it was a crossbow. Thank you. From this short bow, this arrow flies out. Uh, colliding right into this guy's temple and uh, going through to the other side of his temple um, as this guy also falls limp, net in hand. Congratulations, you guys. Um, you guys have exceeded my expectations. Let me just tell you that. I cannot. Okay, I'm sorry. I've just been doing some maths. I hit the big guy for 55. Yeah. And even if he was resistant, that's still 22 on my own, and Jazz hit him too. He was beef. This guy had 58 hit points. 
That is madness. Yeah. That is absolute is, madness. Is, is, well, is, we did it. You guys did it. You guys it. did it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well done. Congratulations. Oh, you were going to yeah. give us some little, like, I've goblins. I've got six health points left. You've got one. <laughs> we're um, done. At this point, uh, Lady Wellen walks over with, with holding the children in either hand. Um, and she has a furious face. She has a face like absolute thunder. And she's walking straight up to you, Tala. Uh, and she says, how dare you abandon your post? You left your ward completely unprotected. That is, frankly, unacceptable. As for you, and she turns... Sorry, when she says my ward, does she mean the prince? Yeah, she means the prince. Yeah, right, okay, thank you. Um, and, and you, and she turns to those in nets, those that are damp, and uh, not to Skylar, because Skylar is... Uh, roll me a stealth check. All right. <laughs> not want to hide from the scary bitch. Hendrix would have started helping get the nets off the guys. Just Understandably so. I rub salve on myself. That is a 16. 16, you believe yourself to be hidden. Um, and, and you five disturbing the peace on such a holy day as this. Well, that's, it's frankly unforgivable. Um, and behind her, uh, you guys see the, the four members of the, of the Royal Guard, the King's Guard behind her, to another side with their massive halberds. Um, and they have, they have um, like really heavy manacles and chains in their hands. Fuck off. They start fighting us first. They were killing your guards and frankly weren't very useful. Giving us kind of reward, lady. Fifty gold, in fact. <laughs> Tyler's going to say, "Is Marcus okay?" And and uh, <laughs> Lady Willen sort of turns to the the slightly damp man. And she sort of furrows her brow a bit. There's a, there's a slight tilt of the head, and she turns to Tala. Says, "Well, you wouldn't know, would you?" I'm sorry that I was protecting his children because I know that that is what he would have wanted me to do because I'm good at my job. And like you can see that. Poor Tyler. She's like falling apart she's got one hp she's like bleeding out I'm bloody and injured um trixie yeah. and sam are not making any noise at all do they look scared they look i'm at advantage because i know the kids really well you do yeah oh good because that was a bad roll oh that's not much better oh that's just a 10. they look as though they have been calmed artificially Mm, I was thinking that. Mm. Um, Held quiet. Um, I'd like to roll a persuasion on this bitch. You absolutely may. Thank you. I'd like to back up my fuck off lady with a roll. <laughs> so um, he's basically going to say like, look lady, there's a crowd around us. Everyone's looking. This has been a fright. People are upset. Now, this lady here points to Tala and Oslot. Just put a stop to whatever disturbance was going on. Now you can thank us and we can all have a clap and everyone carries on with their nice day. Or you can arrest us and upset this whole crowd and ruin, you know, ruin your PR, frankly. So I'd like to roll. Yeah, roll, roll persuasion. Can I help her at all? You may roll with advantage, please. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm looking at you like, yeah, she's right. There is bodies everywhere and we fixed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's not a great roll. Yeah, but it advantage. is. Uh, I know, it wasn't great either way. Wow. Um, it's uh, 14. 14 to persuade her that arresting you would be a bad idea? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she sort of falters a bit and, and looks as though she's sort of making a calculation in her head. Um, and, and 
she sort of walks towards you and you can't quite tell from her vibe whether there's sort of malice or whether it's sort of like she wants to get to know you better. Um, you do notice, you do notice around her neck is um, is a talisman that uh, sort of resembles the uh, one that you have. Ooh, can I roll Arcana? You may. Is she holding the kids' hands as she walks? Uh, no, she has she has actually left them where she was. The kids are now in front of you, but they are just standing there, sort of looking straight forwards, arms limp at their sides. I'll be back in a minute. That's nineteen. 19 yeah you this is a this is an amulet of axu okay so um, i i make sure that i kind of just shift slightly so she can see my amulet of axu okay um she smirks and jazz has gone away so wait okay this is gonna have to wait a little bit i i love how gobby um hendrix has turned out i didn't know how he'd be <laughs> but just like it's just like this queen or whatever she's like fuck off lady that's bullshit <laughs> you don't want to arrest us. It's going to cause a scene. You don't want that. We don't want that. Let's all be sensible now. Love it. Very also, happy. <laughs> I don't know how dramatic it's going to get, but Tala would like to talk to the kids once Lady What's Her Face is busy dealing with Hendrix. Naturally. Thank you for the advantage, by the way. He's just like, look at this woman. Welcome. She's almost dead. She's just saved the day for you. Hmm. Yeah. Stop like, look time. at this mess. I've just done my damn job, yeah. and you're giving me sass. Yeah, he doesn't know who you to be are. Fair, like, she's clearly done a good job right now. Tala literally did think my job is to guard this one person mm. and I'm leaving this one person. But she knows that had he had a choice, he would have said, go after the kids. Yeah. At least, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that. He told him to yeah. go and like, keep safe. Mm-hmm. He's with the priestess. She's got some magic in her, I'm sure. She's, she looks like she might be a warlock. You made the, the priestess and, and the prince go inside the the uh, government building and you saw a shady figure inside the tallest tower of the government building. Hang on. I didn't realise the tower was part of the government building. I yeah, the, ta- the, the tower was established a few times. I thought oh, it was shit. like behind it. No. It. it was of it. Oh no. That Josh definitely but said also, that. there were guards in there. You don't know that. Yeah, there were. I sent them in there. That's true, you did. But you I don't know that they made it in. So what's going on? Um... I was about to ask you all to make a wisdom saving throw. Ah, oh, bitch. Okay, so what I, what you might suggest, Jazz, is that she has an amulet of Axel, and I've shown her my amulet of Axel, and she smirked about it, and now we're all doing wisdom saving throws. I rolled a nat fucking 20. Nice, good save. I've got no time for this bitch. I rolled a five. And it's a good thing. Oh, wisdom. So it's technically a 22, but it is a natural 20. Um, so Hendrix didn't pass that. Uh, what did what did Skylar roll on the wisdom save, please? Fifteen. Doesn't quite make it either. Um, as she as she looks at Hendrix and and smirks and says, "I don't even need to ask you whether you're anything to worry about, because I think you should all just." get arrested and Skylar and Hendrix you feel yourselves compelled to walk to the royal guard but she doesn't know that I'm there mass suggestion is what she used oh. a spell called mass suggestion so you find yourself and the uh, the minotaur and the crow person and the cat person and the little person all walking towards the manacles uh, 
manacled people, Tala. Before they all start walking, can I talk to the kids while this is happening? You can talk to the kids, yes. Okay, she's going to crouch down and she's going to put one hand on either of their arms and say, are you okay? There is not even a flicker of anything. She's going to touch their face and kind of give it like a gentle shake, like a... Their faces are sort of cold and pallid. Can I roll and investigate? You can roll and investigate, yeah. What is wrong with them? I know you said they felt like they've been calmed artificially, but Mm. would that make them cold? I don't know. I'll roll it. We'll see. Oh, it's another nat 20. They have been bewitched by some sort of eldritch magic. The likes of which you have never seen before. I like this bitch. Mm. But I assume I now see all these people following her shady orders. Absolutely do, yeah. Two and two together that she is a shady lady. She she may well be a shady lady, yeah. Oh, Scarlet, you don't at all. Tell a lie. You can't be charmed, can you? Because you're an elf. I have a saving throw against charm. You have an advantage on the saving throw? Yeah. Cool. Um, Roll your saving throw again. Well, that's better. Uh... That's a dirty 20. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you feel this 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 magic sort of um, start to invade your mind, basically. And, and it does feel like sort of creeping tendrils sort of trying to latch over your your more cognizant senses. Um, but as you sort of feel it take hold, it's almost your your fortitude and your, your strength of will and your belief in Jarl, uh, as you interpret Jarl to be, that drives away these tendrils. Um, but you do mm-hmm. still see you do still see yeah. Hendrix and the others all going towards the shackles. You are still hidden because even though she intended the spell to reach you, she does not know where you are physically. She knows where you are. He just kind of like he really scowls because he's like he does not like mind control. Naturally, no, no, like, no one does. So he just kind of like slips further back but now he's like this bitch is up to some shady shit i'm now gonna like it's now my mission to get these people free hey remember us <laughs> can i rub some salve on myself as i talk to lady what's her you name? may rub some salve on yourself yes thank fuck what is my salve 2d8 plus two wow it is a beefy salve okay not bad i'm 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 healthier now um Okay, so Tala's going to say, um, and she's going to kind of stand in front of the kids with them behind her. Um, and she's going to say, I don't answer to you, and I need to see Marcus and make sure he's okay. And I know she's trying brain voodoo on me. She smiles and uh, she turns towards you. Are you still raging is my question that I'm asking. I imagine I've calmed down now. Kids mm. are there. People are dead but I'm certainly bristling. She's going to walk up to you and it looks like she's going to try and put her hand on your shoulder, Tyler. Absolutely not. I would like to get out of the way of that. Okay. And Skylar, you you watch the following uh, take place. You, you watch the lady uh, extend her hand um, towards, towards Tala. Tala sort of steps backwards. Um, and then you... Uh, I'm really seeing him like weaving between people. Yeah, absolutely. you know, and like weaving between stuff, like very slinky and in the shadows, like trying to see what's going on. Yeah. How much, how much health did you restore, Tala? Um, I'm now on twelve total. You then watch as Tala uh, drops like a sack of shit. She didn't touch me. 
as she's put under the effect of a sleep spell. Fucking cheap move. This bitch. Gal is just like, what the fucking shit is this? Mmm. What the shit is this, Skylar? She's bad. Fucking shit. Um, as, as Hendrix and the others get put in chains, uh, the crowd, what is left of the crowd, as, as most of the special, those that are left are standing absolutely gobsmacked. And this would be a bad look. She should have listened to me. Yeah, this to be fair, Tala's like highly respected and has just taken out the bad guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm semi-famous in this city. Oh. This is a rubbish, rubbish PR move. <laughs> this is the worst, worst trade deal in history, maybe. <laughs> I like, I, even though obviously I know that the Ascalus, we're all a bunch of demon-worshipping, shady people who basically worship this universe's devil, but I saw the symbol and I was like, See, we get one another. We're, we're cool. I know I just said fuck off, lady, to you, but you know, it was all advanced. Like, we're fine. Like, we, you know, we've got, let's go out for coffee. We'll talk about it. It'll be all right. Then she does this. And I'm like, well, that was nice. <laughs> I thought we were, I thought we had something in common. Thought I, we thought had a we connection. <laughs> I thought we had a connection. I thought we had something. Uh, what, can you roll me a stealth, please, Skylar? Yeah. I believe I'm voluntarily getting arrested. Okay. That is a 27. Holy shit. You are gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you watch from the shadows, as these, these people you've only just met and fought alongside are, are shackled or in Tyler's case, dragged uh, away towards, uh, towards the government building. Um, the civilians are sort of... It, it is heavily implied that they should disperse for their own health. Guess what, guys? I'm gonna come save you. I'm gonna come break you out. We're a team. Yeah, we play like a team. Charlie, you do notice in the skies uh, above where our merry troop are being dragged, uh, you see a very brightly colored bird, red and yellow and blue. Uh, some might say it looks like a parrot because it's a parrot. Um, circling above uh, the the, the party who are being dragged away. Oh. The, the, the omen of our future pirate. No, it's the pirates. They must have a pet. And that is where we are. Yeah. <laughs> and so we will resume next time. I'm yeah. I worked fun. so hard to stay conscious and it got I taken know. away from me. Oh, this uh, this has been the the first episode of Dice and a Slice. Please do follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dice and a Slice. That's with an N, not an N. Please, please do send us any um, any recipe ideas as well, because I mean it's lockdown. We've got to have something to do. Send us cake ideas. Send yeah. us NPCs. Send us items. Send or us send us, send us discount codes for, for pizza places, and then we can also get pizzas. <laughs> oh my gosh, pizza slices, cake slices. Lovely yeah, stuff. Just... We hope to see you, hear you, meet you next time. Bye. Bye. As we always say, don't count your chickens before you roll your dice.